happy 2023 to everybody out there. This is episode 226 of the most LAFC podcast in the universe. It is Defenders of the Bank. I am one half of this team that carries LAFC in their bloodstream. The self-proclaimed gypsy prince himself. My name is Christian Philly Philemon. And with me, behind closed doors, the man who's purchased everything from the LAFC stores. The tyrant of threads. The warlock of wool. The knight of neckwear. He is J.R. Liebert. The... The scarf, what is good? And it is the first pod of 2023 to Defenders Nation, the black and gold faithful, and of course, the millions. And millions! Welcome to 2023. We are recording this Saturday, January 7th, 2023. You guys know where we're at. Come on, we're sitting about five feet away from each other in world-famous Monster Studios in beautiful Burbank, California. There it is, Philly. It has been an incredible off-season so far. Some sad notes, some incredibly happy notes. But either way, you know what we wake up every day realizing, Philly? What's that? We are MLS Cup champions still, baby. 2022 MLS Cup champs, your LAFC football club. Best in the West and most certainly the best in MLS. Supporters Cup Shield. Supporters Cup Shield. Did I just say that? I just did the MLSSoccerSoccer.com. I said LAFC football club. Like I was from the Department of Redundancy Department. Hey, hey. you know We are nothing if not a well-oiled machine. Very well-oiled, considering the fact that this is our first (laughs) podcast since November the 26th. And that wasn't even an LAFC related podcast was that not. was that was a u.s men's national team well cheers to you my friend oh ging ging yeah no so happy to be back in the studio it has been a fun and exciting off season not as exciting as the regular season obviously it's something we're all clamoring for getting into 2023 but we before we get into the million and, uh, and millions of things that we're going to talk now? about yeah <laughs> well we'll just talk about like what we've been up to so scarf why don't, why don't we start with you why don't you tell everybody out there what you've been up to since well we hope Hoisted that MLS Cup trophy. Look, you and I had a really good time hosting a couple of watch parties for the U.S. men's national team along with LAFC and Santa Monica Brew Works. That was incredible. The final. I mean, this whole World Cup was ridiculous. But what have I been up to? I've been teaching. I've been doing my thing. So it is a little sad for all of you out there. Uh, winter camp, the uh, two-week break for LA Unified. LA Unified actually is a three-week break. Kids are going back this Monday. And all you parents out there that have LAUSD kids, you're like, finally. Good Lord. But the uh, two weeks that we were off at my school for winter break, my first week I ran my last week of camp after 22 years of being a camp director. I've decided to step down because I wanted to go to all the cool away days for LAFC, among other things, over the summer. And then they scheduled like four, and two of them are in Texas, and one's in Kansas City, Missouri. So thanks for that, LAFC. So I guess I'll have some uh, some relaxing time. But you need that. You're, you're, you're a go 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 kind of guy. I'll take it. Look, I'm just I missed doing this. To be perfectly honest, had a nice. That's why you quit working camps. Off season, absolutely. I want to do this. I, I want to give this the. Uh, the full-throated attention that you guys deserve out there. Uh, stop it. We, I'll, I'll leave that one alone. I, I will say, though, if you hear my stomach growling, we went to incredible Thai food today, and right as we were about to record, my stomach went, oh, hold on, and I went, nope, we got to record an episode, so this will be fun. Yeah, it reminds me of the scene in Dumb and Dumber where... Harry <laughs> got got had to Aww. run to the restroom. Oh God! Yes, when he. Uh, I'm good. No, I'm good. The food was fantastic, by the way, at the Wat Thai. Uh, Tem- yeah, what what you were, you were going to call the Department of Redundancy? Uh, right, the Wat, Wat Thai, Thai Temple. temple. <laughs> Wat, Wat means. Wait, what? Temple. No, what? 
Wait, <laughs> what? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, pod first pod of 2023. No, this place is great. Buddhist temple, right? Right in North Hollywood uh, on Saturdays, Sundays, and I believe on on Fridays as well from 8 a.m. to, uh, to 8 p.m. To right? 8 p.m. Yeah. yeah, you go in and you park the car either in the lot or outside the street, and they have a food court outdoors. You, uh, you take your cash, you convert it into chips, and you'll have some of the best pad thai, some of the best pastries, some of the best uh, soups, the tomka guys, the tomkas, the... The cow soy, I mean, so many good foods. And yeah, that's uh, if you do hear any rumblings in the tummy, that is JR. Well, here's the reason why. It's not so much for because of the food. My man over here drank coffee. And if we know anything about coffee, it's a diuretic. And if this man's not drinking coffee, well, that's pushing his bowels. Yeah, I, And that's uh, what's going on right I now. I don't drink a lot of coffee. Gross. By, by the way, uh, Philly, I know you have been incredibly busy oh, God, this offseason. The rebrand, the new season for MASL, the Empire Strikers. Uh, you and, of course, Jonathan Reimer and Amanda on the sidelines doing all the reporting. Uh, an, an incredible uh, an incredible rebrand that they're trying to work through right now. Talk to us about what you've been up to since uh, LAFC hoisted the cup. I've not been... I've not really had any downtime with the exception of a couple of days in between Christmas and New Year's. Yeah, I went back to doing games and indoor soccer. And what I mean by that is I am the play-by-play guy for the team out in Ontario, the newly rebranded... California, by the way. Yes, not Canada. uh, The Empire Strikers, formerly the Ontario Fury. And yeah, I mean, I've called, what, maybe six or seven games over the course of the past month and change, and certainly looking forward to a lot of things there. We're getting flown out to Monterey and Chihuahua to call some of the English broadcasts there, which is going to be fun. Uh, we're growing in our broadcasting career. All those games can be live on Twitch. Or heck, you could come visit us at Toyota Arena. The team is starting to rebound, pick up. And they recently picked up former LAFC forward Adrian Perez, yeah. who over the course of three games has already got himself four goals and an assist. So he was an unbelievable scorer in the Major Arena Soccer League. That essentially is what gave him the confidence to go out and do MLS. And obviously the story goes from there. But yeah, I mean, been stupid busy doing that. Been recording podcasts, Striking Fury with Panda and Reimer, uh, myself, the doctor. And yeah, we, we've been busy, man. Like, I don't have much downtime trying to build this media thing up alongside you and everybody else and just trying to turn this into a into a, a 24-7 career as opposed to a hobby. Well, listen, man, one of the things that we have to make sure we do is to pay the bills just a little bit. So we yeah, we're professional podcasters ish, now. to a degree, that is for sure. Hold, hold on, hold on. We, Can we do one thing, though? Sure. Can we pay an homage to our very first sponsor? Oh, yes. Hang on. to our very first sponsor. A moment of silence. Hold on for our very first sponsor. Make sure you hit the right one this time. There you go. Uh, Yes, the original sponsors of Defenders of the Bank. Uh, We're about, what, how many minutes? I've got the con on this one. How many minutes are we All right, shut up, Cricket. Good Lord, we're already in the six minutes in this podcast. Before we do our sponsors read, I want to give a shout out to Simone, just to see if she'll listen to this. One of my eighth graders recently asked me in class, hey, um, JR, is it okay if I also call you the scarf? And, and it was, it was, oh, no. yeah, it was a friend of, that's I, I, all good. You know, look, it's wait, why, how old are eighth graders these days? 13, 14 or so. All right. um, it's why we do, they've watched the discovery channel. Yeah. It's why we do this podcast as family friendly as possible as we can, because I do know that some of my students are listening. So I want to give a quick shout out to Simone and Ren, if you're listening to, uh, thank you for supporting defenders of the bank and Philly and the scarf. I appreciate that. But I want to quote, now that I know this, can I just say something really quickly? I don't know. I just, I have to quote Charles Barkley. I, 
I am not a role model. I am not paid to be a role model. Don't listen and do the things I talk about doing. That is Philly. If you guys are listening out there, that is one Christian Philly Philemon. This year, he is apparently just going with the Gypsy Prince moniker. So we'll go with that. Oh, I didn't say the self-proclaimed beast from the East. You didn't say any of those other things. I feel like that's been overused. How many Gypsy Princes are out there? You. And quite honestly, I stole that line from a Ramones song. Okay, well, that's all right. You're a Ramones guy. Yeah, we're all from Forest Hills, Queens. There you go. So uh, we want to thank our good people over at Flex Power Tools. If uh, if you want to buy the very same jersey that Gareth Bale wore when he dunked on Jack Elliott, when Ilya Sanchez scored the game-winning PK, or of course when uh, Mr. McCarthy himself made the incredible diving save, are you kidding me, John McCarthy with the most incredible two saves in PK history, uh, those would all have Flex on the very front of them, guys. Head over to FlexPowerTools.com. Always have all kinds of cool deals and the most incredible tools. If you bought a tool back in 2022, please don't forget to register it for a full lifetime warranty on every part and piece inside that box. Again, the only thing not under warranty, as far as we are aware of, is the box that it came in. So make sure you guys check out Flex Power Tools over at FlexPowerTools.com the official sponsor of Defenders of the Bank, and as such... And LAFC. That's right. Uh, the Mauricio Mofasio Futsal Court in Southeast LA fundraising effort is still underway. Of course, LAFC, the LAFC Foundation, and the 3252 are still partnering to build a futsal court in Southeast LA and Mo's Honor. The link to donate is in our bio, but Philly Flex is partnering with the fundraising effort for the Mauricio Fascio Futsal Court to put on an incredible futsal tournament. Why don't you tell the millions and millions about this incredible tournament and fundraising effort? So obviously we 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 miss Mo dearly. Absolutely. And we know this memorial, this futsal court will be done in his honor. And the 3252 alongside the community has been doing what they can to raise money to, to pay for this. So Flex being sponsor and honestly being very community driven. And we're not just saying that because they help pay our bills. They've legitimately wanted to be a part of things. Yep. The, uh, the the Habitat for Humanity, all, all that stuff, the, the, the homes, they've very much been involved in the community. So what they're looking to do is there's going to be a 5v5 soccer tournament and community event held on February the 4th. That is a Saturday at 10 a.m. And this takes us to Norwalk, the U.S. 5 Center. And basically, yeah, it's an event sponsored by Flex with all the proceeds from this tournament going to the Mauricio Facio Futsal Court. So what that means is 100 bucks entry per team. All the proceeds will go to that. The MLS Cup will be in attendance. There'll be raffles, a taco truck, flex demos, giveaways, and potential special guests. Um, And if you follow LAFC and uh, Defenders of the Bank, you'll know of one of our athletes that is flex-sponsored. He may or may not make an appearance. You did not hear anything from me. But the cool thing is, in this tournament, the winners will be receiving flex kits and medals, so you're not going to go home empty-handed, but it's a good way to get out there, hang out with members of the Black and Gold. If you haven't seen the MLS Cup, it'll be out there. Perhaps some LAFC players, a bunch of flex power tools and demos, raffles, taco trucks, Philly in the scarf, a whole bunch of good things. So mark that on your calendar. Saturday, February the 4th, 5v5, 10 a.m. at US 5 Center in Norwalk. It is a tournament. Hope to see you there, Defenders. You guys, if you want to hang out with the MLS Cup, Philly, and the Scarf. All you got to do, be there. Or at least the MLS Cup. (laughs) 
at least scarf. Uh, February 4th. Well, I may not actually be there. By the way, uh, February 4th, in case you're curious, I just decided to look it up on this day in LAFC history. Uh, LAFC uh, fell to Columbus 4-2 in a preseason friendly, but it marked the uh, return of Mark Anthony K from that ankle injury. Ah, yes. Scarf, you might actually be by yourself on this day. What? Yeah. Where where are you going? Uh, Obviously, once that all comes through and clears, I'll be in Chihuahua calling a game. All right. Well, I don't know if it's, that's confirmed yet, but I'm pretty sure it is. Uh, so, did you mention Christian Torres on the Rose Bowl float yet? That was a no. That's really cool that's thing. some fun happenings. Look, yeah, Rose Bowl parade. Christian Torres. Look, everybody loves the Rose Bowl, right? I feel I felt like the Donkey from Shrek. Nobody loves parfait. Everybody loves parfaits. A donkey. Uh, so, uh, Christian Torres representing LAFC uh, in one of the on one of the floats in the Rose Bowl. There with the UCLA Women National Champions as well, dude. Christian Torres is everywhere dude is like 18 years old right now he has like seven or eight sponsors i see him on commercials all the time he's on billboards we saw now. Him at xrm studios we're, we're hanging out with him at 110 football xrm studios the guy is literally everywhere and then you see him on floats shout out to christian torres dude is amazing shout out to the ucla women's national championship soccer team uh one like the 104th or third national championship for ucla and, and oh wait the men also played their national championship game. Phillies, Indiana, who? I was afraid who, you were going to bring Hoosiers this up. Hoosiers took on one Syracuse. <sighs> and Syracuse yeah, looking talk for this. their first ever national championship. Indiana looking for nine, I believe, in their storied NCAA career. Denied in PKs by Syracuse, Syracuse Orange, the national champions. For those of you guys who don't know, my dad's family from upstate New York, and if I wasn't such a weenie, I would have gone out to Syracuse for school, but it was cold, and Scarf didn't want to get cold. <laughs> but alas, you, you are a weenie. I know. Yep. <laughs> is that true, Your Honor? <laughs> yeah, yeah, this man is a weenie. <laughs> so Syracuse, congratulations on your first yeah, national whatever. title. That's okay, that's okay. You only Indiana need seven Hoosiers. more to catch up that's to okay. us. That's hey, okay. Hey, we got one. I feel like Janine Melnick from Ghostbusters. It was a good game, and you know we're, we don't want to say denied in PKs because they went beyond five. I think they were up to probably their eighth. Yeah, it was the second longest or longest shootout in NCAA uh, history. For it was the, for it the was a, Cup. it was a really good game, and I, yes, hats off to the Orange. They were the favorite. Indiana came in, obviously a heralded program, but Syracuse was the stronger team. Yeah. And yeah, all right, congratulations to the Orange. I'll Y'all don't it. have that many national titles. I think your basketball team's only got one. We have one with uh, Carmelo Anthony. Of yeah, course. I can't and recall. What what what, what 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 lacrosse has? I think I mean you yeah, got. We have a couple of national championships. Look, I look. I, I don't bleed orange and 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 no, navy you're, as you're much a, as you're a lion. Yeah, I'm a LM, dude. LMU is decent in basketball this year. We just beat BYU. We beat Wake Forest. We're we're beating teams that people have heard. Twenty of. years ago, that would have mattered. We're, we're like twelve and five, right? Yeah, if we were to beat Tim uh, Tim Duncan's Wake Forest team, that would have been cool. There you go, uh, Philly. Let's smoothly uh, segue into the world's most popular and important sporting event happening once every four years. And before we get into the 2022 World Cup, you really can't talk about the World Cup in any way, shape, or form without talking about Pele and. You know, what we heard, unfortunately, over the, the past week or so at, what was it, 82 years old? 82 years was, old age. The, the passing of uh, Pele, it's it's just one of those things where you have to understand that while while Kobe is a, is a global icon and while LeBron is a, is a global icon, or, or I'll do this just for punk, if Tom Brady or whomever else there, oh! global icons. If in case you were wondering who wrote a post that had something about Tom Brady, <laughs> it wasn't me. There is nothing like what the world saw in the 50s, 60s, and early 70s with Pele. And 
it, the world took a breath. The world took a pause. And I, I, I do think Pele actually waited until after the World Cup was over uh, to pass because he didn't want to interrupt uh, the most beautiful tournament that we've seen possibly since when Pele was involved in the, in the early 70s. Uh, an incredible legacy, an incredible man, a humanitarian that made the game much bigger than the sport that he played. Uh, just uh, an unfortunate passing. But look, everybody's got to go sometime. And at least Pele, he will have his moment in the sun. The funeral procession through Santos was incredible to watch that just a couple of days ago. And I know, Philly, you have you have a little bit to say about Pele as well. Yeah, I mean, you said it. December 29th was his passing, 82 yep. years of age. And some of us should be only so lucky to live that long. In fact, if we intend to do that, we probably need to change our lifestyles just a wee bit. But just to kind of give you some perspective on a statistical side in this game. He scored 1,279 goals in 1,363 games, which, by the way, yeah, includes friendlies, and that is recognized as a Guinness World Record. Now, some will say, all right, he played at Santos. Fine, whatever. A team in Brazil, 636 games, he managed 618 goals. Then he finds his way over to the NASL, and this is where I believe he really transcends yes. a lot of things for here, us yes. here in America. He only played 64 games, scored 37 goals, but that's not part of the story. I just want to finish the statistics, and then we'll talk about that. Uh, 92 games with the Brazilian national team, 77 goals. And then he won three World Cups. In 58, 62, had he not been injured, probably 66 would have been one. Yeah. Alas, it wasn't. And then 1970, there are players who have gone entire careers that have been phenomenal, not going to win a World Cup. Messi, Messi swung into that. He's no longer in that debate. Ronaldo, yeah. no longer on that debate. The the amazing players that have come out of England, they didn't win the World Cup. We're looking at Cristiano Ronaldo, hate him or love him. You still got to recognize him as one of the best players to ever play. He's not going to win a World Cup. So this man yeah, won three. Let, let alone three. Play, let alone play in a final. Right, let like, alone play in a final. Yeah, to get to a World Cup final, we saw how hard it was. We saw what it took out of France just to get to the World Cup final. Right, with injury after injury after. I mean, you really think that this team, without Karim Benzema, without Paul Pogba, without oh, there's the other one, I'm uh, Angolo Conte, right? Without these guys, if they were healthy, I mean, who knows if Messi gets one? No, yeah, I don't talking, even know. We're talking about a guy that that played and won three of these. No other player, no other man in history, has won three World Yeah, games. no, it, it, it's clown shoes. And there's obviously the debate between who's better between Pele and Maradona. You could argue that what Maradona did was incredible, obviously taking Argentina on his back, winning the World Cup in 86. You could talk about all the amazing accomplishments he had, taking a obscure team, Napoli, and, and making them a contender. But this Pele's influence goes beyond the actual sport itself. It, it, it's As world ambassadorship, I mean, when he was a member of the New York Cosmos, I mean, yeah, we all know MLS, and some of us may be just getting into MLS, but for those who don't know, the NASL, the North American Soccer League, in the 80s, especially when Pele, Beckenbauer, and and Canaglia were on that team, it was a big deal. Giants Stadium, where the New York Giants and the New York Jets played, they would get sellout crowds in that arena. Pele single-handedly brought an interest in the world's game to America. Now, that obviously led to a lot of players from that 94 World Cup team being influenced. And then obviously a lot of our story pretty much comes up from there. 94 World Cup, MLS, and here we are. I mean, the impact that he had in the United States is unprecedented and obviously globally as well. The guy was you know, a massive rock star and he will be greatly missed. Um, he's touched all our lives in, in a lot of ways. And hell, I got a bunch of like Pele Cosmos jerseys right? in my closet. So right? rest in peace, legend.
Yeah, I, I do also want to mention, uh, you guys know I'm a supporter of the Azure, the Italian national team in the past. How'd they do in the World Cup? They uh, haven't played in the last two of them. Thank you, sir. That ESPN article, too, that said, well, even if uh, we expand the teams to 48, then Italy doesn't make it based on how they did last time. Thanks, ESPN. Hey, at least you um, won the Euro. I, uh, I We did that. I do want to mention uh, Italian football great Gianluca Vialli, who passed away at 58 uh, yeah. due to pancreatic cancer. He called it a journey with an unwelcome travel companion, and I don't know that anybody could put it more, uh, more humbly than that. Wow. 58 years old, uh, 59 caps for Italy, had an incredible career with Sampdoria and Juve and uh, Chelsea as well. Uh, played in the World Cup 1990. They placed third place, but he was uh, he was a great in Italian football. So uh, just want to just want to give a little uh, shout out and an, a memorial to Gianluca Vialli as well. Uh, Philly Pele was part of three World Cup teams and incredible World Cup run. I, this was, and this is Scarf, I, I am, I, I will be turning 40 this year. Uh, <laughs> this was in you my lifetime. Fart. This was the first World Cup that I have followed from start to finish, from the very first kick to the very last whistle, with as much at stake, as much invested uh, as I did this time. I, I have never really done it before. Obviously, 06, I, I was following Italy and Italy alone as we went all the way through. And 2010, 2014, I follow Italy. 2018, 2022, I was miserable because there's no Italy. Uh, but it's always been about Italy for me. And I haven't really cared about the rest of the stuff other than when the U.S. is playing well. But this World Cup was the first World Cup that I have tried to watch 32 teams in as many games as possible. And man, am I glad that I did this World Cup, Philly, was from top to bottom, from start to finish, one of the most incredible sporting events that I think we will ever experience in our lifetime. I mean, no question. It was entertaining as, as hell. And forget forget the argument about politics. Just for a second, I understand those politics. I don't want to talk about those politics. Though. Yeah. We're here to inform, educate, and entertain, not to politicize. But yeah, you, you said it. The games were intense. We saw a lot of unbelievable individual performances. And how about that World Cup final? Look, I didn't necessarily have a pony in the race. The Germans didn't make it out of the group stages right. for their second consecutive World Cup. So much like Italy, it didn't seem like they played in the World Cup. But watching Argentina, watching France, <laughs> my, my take was as follows. And I guess you could argue the same thing about other things. But I didn't want France to win. I didn't want them to go back and back because right. I, I didn't want them to catch or get closer to Germany's four World Cup titles. <laughs> right. That's, just, that's pretty much my pony in the race. But what a, what a game, man. I mean... I thought the MLS Cup final was going to be the greatest game I would have witnessed in 2023. I mean, you could obviously argue that World Cup. No, the MLS Cup meant more because we sure. had obviously a lot more invested it, it into it. More but us. it was so stinking entertaining. And honestly, for those observers out there on the fringes, on the fence, wondering, if, oh, I don't know if I like this, this foosball. Like, that game was unbelievable. If that game can't convert you into a fan of the beautiful game, then jump off a bridge. Now, no, I don't Please condone, don't. I don't don't condone participating in suicide. Too, but seriously, how could you not enjoy the world's beautiful game after watching what Mbappe did, after watching what Messi did? Yeah. I mean... Unbelievable game. Look, it's replace Jack Elliott and and uh, and Chicho Arango in the MLS Cup final with Kylian Mbappe and Lionel Messi. 
It's it was honestly for those of you that are boxing aficionados, the Arturo Gatti Mickey Ward the first fight where they are literally in the middle of the ring for twelve rounds. If God, please Google the Arturo Gatti Mickey Ward first one in the trilogy. It was the best boxing match I've ever seen in my life. That was Lionel Messi. That was Kylian Mbappe. Finally, Lionel Messi gets some help from his friends. Julian Alvarez had a great World Cup. Angel Di Maria was incredible. Their keeper, uh, stupid celebration aside for what he did. I know that's what he does, but it doesn't mean he's not an idiot for doing it. Uh, An incredible game by their keeper. Obviously, both sides playing each other. It's just the biggest and best athletes on the planet. What Kylian Mbappe tried to do was take the torch from Lionel Messi during the match. And what Lionel Messi did was hand it to him after the match. And I thought it was absolutely incredible. Those two generational talents, in my opinion, and this, however you feel, my top three of all time, since we're talking about Pele and since we're talking about Messi, you brought up Diego Maradona. I now have, I still have Pele at number one, three World Cups, only man to do so. And his career with Santos is not, in my opinion, what Messi's career at Barcelona was. Messi has... Doesn't even come close. It's, yeah, it's not even close. But I, for what Pele did outside of just on a football pitch still, for me, I have Pele number one, I have Lionel Messi number two, and I have Diego Maradona number three. I mean, fine. I'm not going to argue. <laughs> All right. I mean, look, here's the deal. They like, don't call you the best color man in the business for nothing. I mean, this whole this whole debate about who the GOAT is, who the greatest of all time is, honestly, like, it, it gets kind of boring. Who cares? Right. They're all phenomenal players. And honestly, we should all be so privileged to say that we've seen some of these people play. I can't say that I saw Pele play live because that was before my time. I got to catch That's glimpses of Maradona. My friend, you're only a couple of months away from <laughs> joining on me on the fourth floor. floor. Two more months. Whatever. Embrace it while you can. Ten more weeks. But who cares? We should just be so lucky to have witnessed right. the, the greatest of all time. I mean, yeah. yes, Messi, what we witnessed, we're fortunate. They'll be right. talking about this guy for the, for, for generations to come. Right. Uh, obviously, same with Ronaldo. He's going to be part of that conversation. Sure. You know, what we can't say that we saw too much of was the greats of, and we don't, he's not talked about much because he's not a World Cup winner, the likes of a, a guy like Johan Cruyff. Sure. So unbelievable players have not won the World Cup, but we witnessed an unbelievable player win the World Cup. And we did have a couple of players within LAFC, just to transition, yeah, who did I, participate in the real, World Cup. Real quick, I do want to mention one other player. I want to mention Tiago Almada. I think it's really cool that one player in the history of Major League Soccer, after, what is his 28th year coming up, right, whatever it is, uh, one player in the history of Major League Soccer has been active in Major League Soccer when their country won the World Club, uh, Cup, and that's Thiago Almada of Argentina. He became the first active MLS player to win the 13th overall. And by the way, the, the list is kind of fun, right? You're talking about Kaká, David Villa, Bastian Schweinsteiger, Andrea Pirlo, Alessandro Nesta, Blaise Matuti, Lothar Mataus, and Thierry Henry, to name a few. Those guys have all played in MLS, but only one of them was playing currently for, and this one, for Atlanta United, by the way, which is a massive signing for them. I think he'll be on somewhere else next but yeah, man, really cool that one active MLS player, 36 players, Philly, and one MLS next player uh, were represented Major League Soccer in the World Cup. And you mentioned it. Uh, a lot of LAFC players, six players, I believe, right? Six or five. Am I, am I wrong? One, five. Five. Five players. Oh, yeah. Kripo got hurt. That's what it is. Correct. Uh, five players representing their countries in the World Cup. By the way, only the Premier League, La Liga, Serie A, Bundi, and League One, La Liga Un. Uh, those five, the five, the big five, as they call them, only the big five had more players from their leagues than Major League Soccer. Kind of cool. No, that's very cool. I mean, it's a testament to Major League yeah, Soccer. T- and talk to us about the uh, the LAFC players, man. And for those people that love to 
bank and clown on on MLS being a farmer. It's like I don't care. I've actually grown to love MLS more. Yeah. And I'll, I'll say this: I was I forget exactly who I was talking to. Oh, I think it was our buddy Juice from Cuervos. Um, as much as like we grew up enjoying other teams from other leagues, to me. If you're a fan of Manchester United, much like myself, uh, it's kind of hard to come off the 405 and go into Old Trafford. You're not doing it. So to say, you, you know, like you bleed Manchester United, okay, cool, I get it. But it's not the same as bleeding LAFC because you can hop on the 405 and find your way on the 110 and find yourself to downtown and in Bank of California Stadium. So my point is, folks, support local soccer. It's a pretty darn cool thing. And that being said, yes, we had five LAFC players in the World Cup. We had Christian... <laughs> <laughs> Dang on. it, I almost did it. Go we had, on. Well, there's, look, there's been a couple of movies on Netflix that he's been on, so forgive me for almost screwing this up. Gareth Bale, Kellen Acosta, Seba Mendez, Jose Cifuentes, and Cheeky Palacios. And they all, with the exception of Cheeky, got some burn, and it was fun to watch them. Gareth Bale scored against the United States. He definitely did that. And by the way, we talked about this before. Can you guys relax on giving LAFC crap about being anti-American? They were just saying congrats to a player who plays in their club for scoring a goal in the World Cup. And yeah, it was awkward. It was weird. Happened to be against the U.S. men's national team. I take a deep breath. Okay? Was that that was actually something? Yeah, that was a thing. Really? Yeah. People were saying LAFC was anti-American. Whatever. That's that's stupid. Yep. Anyway, just going in. So we had we had Bale who scored the only goal for <laughs> Wales in the entire group stages. Wales, of course they did. Wales, shockingly, I don't know if you want to say shockingly, did not come out of the group stages. They did manage to tie the U.S. 1-1. One one. Yeah. Uh, they lost to Iran 2-0. Right? They lost to England 3-0. And Gareth Bale was the only player to score. So I will go off on a tangent and say he had the most success out of any LAFC player he in the world. He definitely did. That is true. He got the most burn of any player, too, Yeah, he, <laughs> he played in three games. I believe he paid 225 minutes, right. which is substantial. You had Kellen Acosta that managed to find t- uh, minutes in two games, but he only played 43 minutes. His big contribution was a key tackle in the game against Wales that would have no doubt... You go back to that game, you see that play, the foul, I believe it was on Gareth Bale, if yeah. I'm not mistaken, yeah. on a counter 100%. in which... Saved us. Yeah, in which we had our keeper, Matt Turner, well out of position. Gareth Bale has a look, he has a completely wide open net, and then all of a sudden you're looking at Wales beating the United States. Kellen Acosta made a key play on there and prevented that from happening. So yeah. 43 minutes, hey, that's it. But his team managed to make it fairly far, further than most all the CONCACAF teams, round right. of 16, which is exciting. Right. We had Seba Mendes who I would say played the second best game out of all LAFC players. Two matches, 180 minutes. He looked solid. And as a result of his performance during the World Cup, I don't think we're going to see him uh, much longer. There's been rumors and ties linking him to Sao Paulo FC. His Instagram showed him going to Brazil. I don't know, but he's also been tied to Europe. More on that later. Jose Cifuentes... Two matches, but he only played 59 minutes. Right. He didn't really contribute that much. And Cheeky, God bless him that he managed to get the call to go to Qatar, but he didn't play a single game. Yeah. Uh, he didn't play a single minute. Yeah. So Gareth Bale, the most important contributor in the World Cup from LAFC. So we got to see and, that. Very cool stuff. And, and I have to throw another one out, even though he wasn't LAFC at the time. Aaron Long. No, he, Matt, he, uh, but he did not play. He, he did not play. Right. Aaron Long did not play in any of the four matches. We'll talk a little about Aaron Long in a minute. And, and obviously, look, we don't want to forget about Maxime Cropo, who certainly would have been on the plane to Qatar if not for the awful injury. He would have been Canada's number two. Instead, I believe that honor went to Dan St. Clair. Uh, he was number two, who also plays in Major League Soccer. I don't know. I could be wrong. Uh, want to remind everybody that in just 18 days, the U.S. men's national team 
not led by Greg Berhalter, by the way. That's a fun. Oh, that, that's opera. oh, good, good point. I didn't realize we got two games in California, one at the bank and one at the digs. You're going to tell them the yeah. dates, but I didn't realize how quickly that was coming. It's right? going to be interesting to see who's going to be at the helm. Eighteen days, uh, U.S. Men's National Team coming to Bank of California Stadium, January 25th against Serbia. And, and look, it has been it's been a lot in, in the U.S. men's national team world. How about U.S. men's national team assistant, former Bahrain and New Zealand's national team manager, Anthony Hudson, will serve as head coach for the Americans in these ter- uh, two friendlies, Serbia oh, and Colombia. Okay, cool, appreciate Anthony that. Hudson, uh, it's it's going to be interesting, man. I don't think uh, your favorite coach, Greg Berhalter, weathers this storm at all. No, but I, I look. I don't want to. I don't want to get into a debate about this because this is a podcast within its own right. Sure. But but either way, shame on all parties, dude. Right on all right? freaking parties that from from Karen Reyna to to <laughs> I forget. I don't want to. I don't know if that's her first name, but it is now. No, Absolutely. no, it is most certainly <laughs> helicopter soccer mom Karen Reyna. Oh my goodness! We remember when we met Claudio? Yeah, really nice guy. in twenty twenty one when. Austin came in. We have a photo with Claudio. Yeah, I don't think I could look at him the same way that that I used to. I never liked Greg Berhalter, and, and but this was such Raina an idiotic way because he was a founder, founding member, basically of NYCFC, right? He, yeah. Uh, I mean, that's that's it's it's look. You mentioned it. It's it's a whole other podcast in and of itself. But I mean, it's, not extra time didn't even want to touch it. Right? As the world turns is what's going on in the U.S. men's national team right now. So uh, a quick reminder, if you're not already, please follow us on YouTube, Instagram, and Facebook at Defenders of the Bank and on Twitter at Defend the Bank. And Good I man. remembered to put YouTube in there this time. Uh, we're going to do a quick This Day in LAFC history, and then we've got some transactions to talk about. We are recording this podcast Saturday, January 7th. It is 2.12 p.m., which means it is daylight out, which is weird for us to record in. And on January 7th, 2020, so many of you were heartbroken to learn that LAFC and Rodolfo Fito Zelaya mutually agreed to part ways. That is January 7th, 2020. It seems like only yesterday that the whirlwind that was Fito Zelaya came through LAFC. The next day, though, January 8th, 2018, which is crazy because it's like two, actually three and a half months before we played a game at Bank of California Stadium. On January 8th, 2018, they installed the first seat at Bank of California Stadium. Oh, that's a good one. Like three and a half months before we played a game there, which is pretty incredible. Uh, so great job on everybody that built Bank of California Stadium so quickly. That Gensler. Is this day? Yes, thank you, Gensler. That is this day in LAFC history. It's a thing we do each and every podcast that usually revolves around just the day that we record. There are a couple of birthdays for tomorrow as well, but neither of them really factor in significantly uh, to LAFC's history, though Kevin Mendoza scored a goal and then got cut. Uh, news and notes. All more, right. more on him later, actually. <laughs> Buckle up, everybody. There is a lot to cover. Since winning our first MLS Cup, JT, Will Koontz, uh, and the front office have been busy re-signing, retooling, and unfortunately saying goodbye to a few players who helped us win the World Cup, or win the World Cup, win MLS Cup. Uh, Club World start... Cup is what you were manifesting. Oh, man, I appreciate be, that. That would be incredible. That was a good Freudian slip-up. Right? Uh, look, mid-November was when this first bit of news happened. They started their offseason exercising the options on some, letting a couple other players go, continuing talks with others. LAFC exercised options on four key players. Maxime Cropo, duh. Kellen Acosta, duh. Mamadou Fall, who remains on loan with Spanish side Villarreal, and he's playing very well for Villarreal Bay. 
And in a bit of a surprise at the time, but I said it probably was more asset retention, Philly and I talked about this, than it was a player who was going to see significant minutes for us. They picked up the option on Latif Blessing. More on Latif Blessing in a moment. LAFC declining options on Christian Teo, though talks apparently are ongoing. Cal Jennings, Danny Trejo, and Tomas Romero. And out of contract, which means unemployed at the end of the season, were Ryan Hollingshead, Sebastian DeBiaga, Franco Escobar, Seba Mendez, and Eddie Segura. But Philly wants to talk about one move before we talk about any player who plays on the pitch. And I, I got to say, it, it kind of hit me in the cockles a little bit. I was a little sad to read this news, but duh, because you and I, Philly, have had the opportunity to hang out with this man on several occasions, a brilliant mind, and we can't hold it against him that he was also in the Yankees organization. Philly, tell us a little bit about Will Coons. Yeah, so according to The Athletics, Paul Tenorio, and I mentioned this name. There are a couple of names for those of you out there who listen to our podcast. If you're interested in, in Major League Soccer and stuff that goes on within the United States, yeah. follow Tom Bogert. And follow Paul Tenario. Uh, Stam Stayskal as well. Uh, Grant Wall was another one. Rest in peace, Rest Grant, in peace Wall. Grant Wall. But these are some guys that when they post something on Twitter, don't comment source, question mark. These guys are the source. Right. So follow them. So as per Paul Tenario, it looks like Will Kuntz is on the move. If you don't know who Will Kuntz is, he is the Senior Vice President of Soccer Operations and the Assistant General Manager. So yeah, he is a number two to John Thorrington. And as successful as JT seems to have been, he could not have done this without Will Kuntz. Will Kuntz was very much instrumental uh, to creating our roster just as JT was. Now, he's obviously going to be looking to have a top spot, no longer an assistant GM and the guy's good enough to make his way out to Europe. We don't know where he could potentially land, but it seems that he's going to be making the move. Now, as Scarf said, he uh, he spent ten years with the Yankees, rising up from a summer intern to manager of pro scouting. He was a member of that 09 World Series championship team. Um, and then from there, he ended up working as the director of player relations for Major League Soccer. And oh, by the way, he played college hoops at Williams. Williams College in the Northeast. He he won a national title playing college hoops. But the most, the craziest thing that I learned about Will Kuntz earlier this year, he went to Fordham Law at the same time my good buddy Max Price did. Nice. Yeah, so my buddy Max Price, who I've known since, what, 2000 or whatever, maybe 99. Will Kuntz went to Fordham Law at Lincoln Center. That's Manhattan, not the Bronx. With uh, with him. So I, I think that's crazy. But to me, yeah. there's a lot of players that have left. We only have one player left from our inaugural season. But to me, losing somebody like Will Kuntz means so much more because a player is a player who could potentially be replaced. A, a phenomenal general manager is a hard thing to replace, especially one who has contributed so much and has made this club so successful. So right. wherever Will Kuntz is going to land, that team, that club is going to be very, very lucky because everywhere this guy has gone, he has succeeded. He's going to have an upgrade in money, an upgrade in lifestyle, and just keep your eyes on this guy's career. He's younger than both Scarf and I, and he's he's got a tremendous future ahead he's of him. So better looking, too, that jerk. Well, I mean, maybe I would. I don't know. I think I'm all right. <laughs> nah, I'd rather look at him. Uh, That's because he's tall, so I, screw you. I want to throw But Will Kuntz, out. the man. I, I think he's the most important loss we have this offseason. I, you, look, I... I agree that for 2023, 
he is our most important loss. I, I do want to throw out one rumor that has been tossed out there. And, and Will, if this is true, it's a brilliant move for you. I just hate you if you do it. Garth Lagerwet recently left Seattle Sounders. And he's been there all everything basically since they've for, – for years now. If Will Koontz is able to leave LAFC to be the number two, to go to Seattle Sounders to be the number one, man, that's going to make for a couple uncomfortable meetings in the bowels of Bank of California Stadium when you and I run into Will Koontz. It's, it's been floated out there. It's been floated out there that Will Koontz uh, maybe uh, – it's a rumor. But, you know, we don't report on rumors. So. No, I, no, I don't like reporting on rumors, and we're not the ones to break news. because yeah, sometimes we do. Yeah, um, but, I mean, that's not our game, nor do I give a crap about breaking news. Look, here's what stars. I have to say. Uh, my favorite player to ever wear the black and gold is yep. Latif Blessing. Yep. Latif Blessing is my absolute favorite player to ever don our kit. And so on January 3rd, when LAFC traded Latif Blessing to the Revolution, for four hundred thousand in GAM for this year, and more money to come based on his performance. An with, extra three hundred thousand. Yeah, New England later on. Um, Scarf was devastated. That's me. I'm talking about myself in the third person. That's uh, not something I do very often. Uh, absolutely devastated. My favorite player in the five year history of the club. The club's all time leader in matches played. The club's all time leader in minutes played. The club's all time leader in time substituted into a match, which is of course what we know him for best especially at Bank of California Stadium where 22,000 black and gold faithful and the millions. And millions. From around Los Angeles and the world would take notice when the star man playing on the right would enter the match. And, and I'm genuinely physically affected and sad by Latif Blessing leaving LAFC. I know, Philly, you and I have talked about We're going to do an entire Latif Blessing appreciation episode in the offseason. We hope to actually have Latif on. Uh, we're going to try to bring in uh, an incredible writer who did a great piece, Ben Virgin, on our podcast as well to talk about some stuff. Um, but the loss of Latif Blessing, while I agree for our future, Will Koontz, much more important, especially as what we saw towards the end of last season, where unfortunately Latif did not get in during MLS Cup playoffs uh, or obviously the final and and really had his minutes diminished down the stretch. The emergence of Seba Mendez, along with obviously Kellen Acosta, Ilya Sanchez and Jose Cifuentes in the midfield made it hard for minutes uh, to find Latif Blessing's way. But he is my favorite player. And I, I know we can't thank Latif enough for his efforts, attitude, and embodiment of the very best of the black and gold during these five years. No, you're you're hundred percent right. What he did when the game wasn't in play, to me, it was it was equally as important. It's it's not easy to become a fan favorite, in particular in a city that demands so much from its athletes, like the City of Champions. And yes, this is a New Yorker complimenting the City of Angels, Los Angeles, California. The way that he was embraced, the way that he, what he did was just, he played with heart. He played with yep. passion. He was five foot nothing. He played like he was 10 feet tall. He came in, gave everything he got. There were players that have been on LAFC's roster, which, you know, we could argue that, you know, they've been not LAFC players. There's certain players that some of us maybe have even grown to hate over the course of their tenure. But there's never 
Never anybody, nobody ever questioned Latif Blessing's heart, desire, and passion to to help this club move forward. The game could be done. It could have been a win. It could have been a loss. Yep. He was still walking around the pitch of Bank of California Stadium, taking pictures with people, signing autographs. He was selfless. He was embraced by all of us, and we loved him so dearly for it. So losing him is 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 a tough pill to swallow because of like how he played and how he. Embodied everything that we want to see out of an athlete. And, and, you know, the other thing, he was human, too, right? Like, he kind of aired his laundry on Instagram and on social media every now and then. And and he got into spats and tiffs with the front office or maybe with Steve a little bit and definitely with Bob at times. And we'll talk about that on another pod for sure. Absolutely. But, like, it kind of humanized him a little bit more as an athlete, right? Like... It's different when Cristiano, Cristiano Ronaldo complains to the press about uh, uh, Ter Stegen. Uh, Ter Stegen, that he's that's a that's a keeper, bro. What's no? What's Ten Hag? Ten, Eric Ten Hag. Thank you, Ter Stegen. <laughs> Eric Ten Hag. No, I like or, the fact that you're bringing up a German international. <laughs> Is it Mark Ter Stegen? Is that his name? Right. I don't know. Uh, it's different when Cristiano Ronaldo does it, right? Because you're like, oh, from your high horse, this is what you're doing. But he was a grinder. Latif was honestly like the people that sit in Bank of California Stadium for the first couple years he was in black and gold made more than Latif Blessing did. 100%. And Latif was grinding season in and season out. Latif made in guaranteed compensation last year $413,000. Why don't you tell them all how much he made year one? It was like $77,500. It was really like, honestly, a lot of people at Bank of California Stadium uh, make $77,500. A lot of people also wish they could make $77,500. I'm, I'm with you. Some but, people in LA make that in a day. But a lot of people make more money or made more money than Latif Blessing. And, and look, as a professional athlete in Los Angeles, I'm not saying you can live super comfortably on $413,000, but you can live super comfortably for $413,000. So uh, I just I want to give a shout out to Latif's work ethic and passion, and he just made you feel like you could do it because Latif did it. So. No, I, I completely agree. And you know what sucks is we're not going to get to see him. Oh, we are. No, hold on, hold on. We're not going to get to see him opening day, get a ticket, not a ticket, a ring, but we will get to see him yep. on March the 12th when the New England Revolution come into Bank of California Stadium. So I, I, I can't imagine that at that point, Latif is not going to be a starter. He certainly is a really important depth piece for the Rev, but at least we get to welcome him back shortly after the season begins. He gets to play with Carlos Hill, Gustavo Bo, some incredibly talented players out there in New England, obviously Bruce Arena as the head man. But mark your calendars, everybody, because when the schedule first came out, the New England match at Bank of California Stadium, March 12th, could care less, no, kind of. No Gil, Gil was would, would yeah. have been somebody Look, fun to Gustavo watch. Gustavo Bo's great, right? Like, I want to watch these guys play. I, I want to kind of rib Bruce Arena a little bit because it's always fun to pick on him because he's really, really good at what he does. We picked help. on him when he was, he a, was a visitor in, in Founders in Club. in Founders Club, right? So he was hanging out in Founders Club for a while. But uh, now that match, New England, March 12th at Bank California You're Stadium. You're circling it. It's a Latif Blessing celebration day. And, and I love what you mentioned. We're all going to be able to watch LAFC – the players get rings, right? Or they get something. I don't know. Whatever they get, they're going to get that. It's going to be a banner display, one thing or another. Something about that, right? Hopefully it's bigger than what Yankee Stadium did for NYCFC. Something about Latif is going to happen March 12th, whether we present him with a ring or we do the 10-minute tribute video, whatever it might be. I'm going to throw something out there to you, Philly, and to the millions. And millions. What if? What if? Now, I know we don't have like a player 22 initiative or anything cool like angel city did what if the first 
retired number in LAFC history. Philly's already shaking his head. No, no. I'm just saying. I know it's only been no. five years. No. Uh-uh. I'm just throwing it out there. What if we mothball number seven at least for a little bit? No. What if what if they just don't give it? Because I'll tell you this. It's weird to me as a Dodger fan when I grew up watching Hideo Nomo wear number 16, now it's Will Smith, right? When I grew up watching Mike Piazza wear number 31 and now it's somebody else. When I grew up watching Raul Mondesi wear number 43 and now it's being worn by somebody else, it's going to be so weird, Philly, seeing somebody else wearing number seven. I agree. I wholeheartedly agree. I wasn't thrilled when Danny Buanga wore 99 because that's the number that my second favorite LAFC player of all time wore, uh, Adama Diamande. Latif, I love him to death. But if there's ever, look, it's way too early to talk about jerseys being retired. But if there's anybody that deserves a statue, a hug, a name in the rafters, right. it's number 10. Sure. No, clearly. He's not done with us yet, though. We got we got two or three more years with Carlos, and then he's going to bring I his I don't good, even know if we have that much. He's going to bring his good buddy Antoine Griezmann over as well after... He played so well in the World Cup, damn it. I really want the guy to come over to LAFC, but he keeps playing well. Yeah, his his his, his, mar- his market value has increased, Jesus, certainly. Jesus, him and Oliver, uh, Olivier Giroud, all of a sudden, what was that? Uh, so uh, guitar, pick. guitar pick. All of a sudden have upped their value as they've advanced in their career. Well, Giroud wants to come to MLS. He does. And I've uh, I've I've pretty much acknowledged the fact that if you Giroud... You will never see your wife if, if Giroud plays for LAFC, well then, la- ladies, I'm free, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> to, to, to the uh, tens and ten, tens ten, of women ten. who listen to this to podcast. both of you that want to hang out with Philly on a regular basis, come hang out with Philly. Or if there are any. Uh, look, it, it took LAFC all of two days after they announced those roster adjustments in November to re-sign Ryan Hollingshead, and we couldn't be happier. UCLA, a former UCLA great who was just recently honored uh, at uh, the forum, excuse me, at the forum, at... Uh, Crypto at, at the crypt. Yeah, him and Russ. I was about to go at, no, I mean at Staples Center. No, I mean at, yeah. So they did a little thing for UCL athletes, him and Russell Westbrook. Uh, Ryan Hollingshead uh, back on a new three-year yep. deal. The 31-year-old made 22 regular season starts en route to playing every single minute of LAFC's 2022 Cup run. Oh, uh, yes. And, and dare I say, Philly, he is fast becoming a fan favorite. At the oh, I mean, without a doubt, you said a new three-year deal, a big part of our title run. He had a career high as a member of the Black and Gold with six goals and one assist yep. in his 30 appearances. He was tied with uh, Atlanta's Juan Jose Sanchez for most goals by defenders. And since 2020, 2020, Good job. <laughs> 2020, since 2010, folks, he's second most goals by a defender with 24 in 223 matches. And, I think he's going to add to that total next year. Oh, sure. without a doubt, he's going to add. But but one thing that has to come back with Ryan's with Ryan Hollingshead yeah. is that mustache. Yeah, we all know that he when knows he that. he knows it when he shaved it, the performance kind of lagged a little bit. Yeah. When that mustache came back, the stash is back, and that obviously helped us out massively. Absolutely. So thrilled that he's back, not only because of his performance, but the guy's a, he's a hell of a he's dude, a humanitarian really of the guy. year award yep. in this league. He's just one heck of a guy. We've been really lucky. We've had guys like Walker Zimmerman and Tyler Miller and, and several other guys who are just incredible. Stephen Bateshore is another one that comes to mind. Just incredible people that come through this organization. And Ryan Hollingshead is just another in that line. Uh, Philly, I know you were kind of bummed. Uh, you were a big fan. Uh, I know we have uh, plenty out there uh, that are huge fans as well of Seba, Sebastian Ibiaga, uh, a defender of the bank. And, of course, we love our defenders of the bank. He signs with FC Dallas. Uh, reuniting? Did they ever play together with Marco Farfan? 
uh, on Dallas's back line of two years. They were on, they practiced together if yeah, anything. They at least hung out, right? They they probably got I don't know charcuterie together or something. Uh, signing with FC Dallas <laughs> on a two year deal with two more years of club options. So Seba Sebastian Nibiaga not coming back to LAFC. He'll probably be with Dallas. For at least the next two, if not four. Yeah, and Dallas is going to be pretty good. They were pretty good last season. I think they're going to be pretty good. And they got a solid defender. Look, he's 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 a big dude. Yeah. Played his college ball at Duke. Uh, I mean, had a pretty good run at NYCFC. Had 35 total appearances with us. And honestly, helped us out big time over the course of the MLS Cup playoffs. Yeah. So he was a huge part of it. And, and you know, he... It's kind of funny, like, we, we win and he goes, but he's he's certainly going to make people at FC Dallas love him. I mean, great dude, we got a chance to hang out with him at a, uh, what was it, Super Kings? Yeah. Uh, of, all, of all places, as they were as we were drinking Captain Morgan rum yep. after a long day of hanging out and, at Saturday's honestly, football. But great guy, uh, great player. This is what happens, right, when a team wins a title. A lot of their players get poached because a title actually, it, obviously it enhances your value, right? So you try and make a little bit more money, you do a little yeah. bit more. Uh, I know it our buddy does. Eddie uh, uh, Fresco is going to is super bummed that Sebastian is leaving as well. Nigerian uh, roots, folks. And so, uh, so that's a bummer for us. Uh, LAFC also needs a new third keeper. We might have drafted one. More on him in a second. But LAFC, uh, unfortunately, losing Tomas Romero. He was selected in the first stage of the 2022 MLS re-entry draft by Bob Bradley and Toronto FC. The 22-year-old started 18 consecutive matches yep. for LAFC in 2021. Winning seven of them, losing eight, and drawing three. It started off, Philly, we were kind of high on this guy. It started off so promising for the former Georgetown national champion, winning four of his first five matches, including three clean sheets. But he would go winless over the next eight and was soon dropped from the starting 11 and sent to Las Vegas. Not a bad place to get sent to the corner. Las Vegas, no, my goodness. That's, did, that's my kind of purgatory. Right? Did not appear for LAFC in 2022, though he did make 13 appearances for the lights. No more Tomas Romero. Yep, he got picked up by Toronto in the reentry draft from MLS. So that, yep. that's kind of cool. Like, yep. There are not a lot of players. Three. Yeah, that, that get picked out of that. So that, that goes to say an awful, awful lot about this young man's upside. And yeah. you said it. Uh, he helped Georgetown win their one and only national title in men's soccer. So the kid wow. does have a Another bright big future. Big East team, Philly, winning yeah. the uh, national championship. Just keep in mind that the two most successful programs yes. in the history of men's soccer yes. all come out of the Midwest, FYI. That's what I'm just saying Big East is an emerging powerhouse of NCAA. Well, yes. All right. So the number one program in, historically is St. Louis, 10 national titles but they've been whatever since the 80s right but the second best right (laughs) as of uh as of january 7th which is obviously the date of this podcast recording cal jennings and danny trejo which is a bummer for me because i like danny trejo those kids are going to be somewhere i hope so look there's there's, no doubt there was a great article on usl.com i don't know if that's the actual website but on usl's website uh that uh those two guys are two of the 10 uh most talented players currently out of contract right now Cal Jennings, Danny Trejo, out of contract and will not be back for LAFC in 2023. The club is still in talks with Cristian Teo, Seba Mendez, Eddie Segura, and Franco Escobar, though it seems that Escobar is the least likely to come back. And I know, Philly, you've got a little bit on Seba Mendez. Oh, no, before that, before oh, that. I, yeah. I just want to mention like one thing about yes. Cal Jennings. Oh, please My do. favorite Cal Jennings moment. Yes. I got to say, so he only played three games in 2022, right. played six in 2021. Right. My favorite Cal Jennings moment uh, was it SoFi Stadium? Okay. Yeah, in that match against Club America oh, when yeah, we yeah, went yeah, to yeah. PKs. Yeah. He, a young guy, a young yeah. man in a pretty big position against a very, very big club, coolly, calmly, collectively smashed one 
into the threaded the netting at SoFi Stadium. Yeah. So I really do think highly of Cal Jennings. So I, I I want all the best from and same with Danny Trejo. He played in three games this season, so good good for them. Um, yeah, I, I wish them his, well. I predicted his being drafted. You did. I, you I did. I really wanted that to be a thing, but you mentioned it. Uh, obviously, Cal Jennings uh, scored for uh, LAFC in the U.S. Open Cup, which is kind of that's neat correct. Too. Yes. Uh, so that was that was cool to see. It was uh, his first and only goal right against Orange County, uh, scoring the the goal against Orange County. Uh, and look. He was also a dude when there was LAFC night. At <laughs> he, he was he was a dude. He was a dude. That's good uh, to know. It was not all, that it matters, but still. When it was LAFC night at Dodger Stadium, he just climbed into the crowd of all the LAFC people, was hanging out with all of us, taking pictures and everything else. Just a just a good dude, man. I'm 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 sad that we won't have Cal Jennings, but Philly. Let's switch. Oh, Seba Mendez stuff. You want to talk about Seba Mendez real quick? Right. He's been linked to a couple of fun. Calls. I mean, we said it earlier on 180 minutes within two games within the World Cup. He yeah. played exceptionally well for Ecuador. And so there's been Tom Boger mentioned this on MLS Extra Time that you know he he could potentially go to Europe, but there was also rumors I came across that he could be linked to a, a three, a two to three year deal going to Sao Paulo FC. And to me, that seems rather likely. He's Ecuadorian, but he was Sao on Paulo's it. in Brazil. Yeah, exactly. So <laughs> two days ago on his Instagram right. showed a video of him on a flight to Brazil. So that seems, you know, likely potentially. Is he getting the physical? Is he having conversations? Obviously, you never want to trust everybody on Twitter, especially nowadays, since you have to pay for check marks. Um, check marks <laughs> don't necessarily mean you're you're reputable. Uh, Sans podcast is that excluded. How we got our check marks. No, we're a media company and we're reliable and we give out good information and we don't spread false news or propaganda. There you go. Anyway, so that's the story with Seba Mendez. And honestly, like losing him yeah. is, is, and losing let's, Latif. Yeah. Um, let's talk about we're, that. We're worried about center backs. We should be worried about our midfield because let's not kid ourselves. Yeah. Jose Cifuentes is potentially on the move as well. He's been linked to a lot of teams, in particular one in England, Brighton and Hove Albion. It, it's not official. I don't know if it's happening or not, but we can't count on the fact that Cifuentes is going to be with us all of next of all of this season. Look, let's we don't have this down on our rundown that we want to talk about, but for a very quick second, let's talk about the midfield. We are going to talk about the back line a little. We have that down, right? But you mentioned it. We do have Jose Cifuentes. We do have uh, Mendez, Sanchez, and Acosta, right? Those four. Other than that, on our roster. Technically, we still have Pancho Ginella. But on loan at Nacional. He is on loan. The only other midfielder currently on our roster is Eric Duenas. Eric Duenas of the But he's, original, a, he's a defender. No, he's a, he's a midfielder. They have him listed as defender on the LAFC transaction reports. I'm on, this is a, I'm on the roster right now. Yeah, I know. I pulled but it off the PR notes. We can agree to disagree either way. Eric, well, it's all from LAFC one way or another. Eric Duenas uh, is listed as a midfielder, even if he is actually a defender. Either way, what we're saying is, after Kellen Acosta, Ilya Sanchez, and Jose Cifuentes, who might be going, the only midfielder really on the roster could be Eric Duenas. Now, Ryan Hollingshead played midfield a little bit for a match or two. It did not go well. I don't want Ryan Hollingshead to play at midfield. Maybe they're going to do a formation switch. Maybe Carlos Vela plays a little bit more in the midfield with Chicho Arango and Gareth Bale and Denny Bawanga all up top. Sure, maybe that could happen. We are thin as all get out as of right now in midfield. So it's going to be very, very interesting to see what happens there. 
But let's get into some players, Philly, that are entering the black and gold fold for the very first time. And the first one, it's kind of a big name. Look, I know he's polarizing to many out there that are Major League Soccer fans, especially U.S. men's national team fans. But Aaron Long is black and gold. And I don't know if anybody saw that coming. All the rumors were that he was deciding between Seattle and David Beckham. And I don't know about you, but if I'm deciding I love between how Miami has Seattle no name, just David Beckham. and David Beckham, I'm going with David Beckham. Why not? It's Miami. It's beautiful. There's like no sales tax in Florida. Everything is great. They, they, they get you with property tax. They though. do get you with a lot of property tax. Uh, LAFC inking the U.S. men's national team pool center back to a two-year contract from just outside beautiful Victorville, California. The 30-year-old Southern California native is coming back home. And Philly, I know you are an NYCFC guy, but this player... No, no, no. no. Stop, stop linking me with NYCFC. No, no, no. That's just the tickets in if, year one. If you had to it. pick an allegiance between the two clubs... Well, the New Yorker would want to pick the New York team, exactly. yes. Exactly. So Philly uh, lovingly calls these guys the New Jersey Energy Drinks. But I hate the Red Bull. They're the galaxy of the East. I think it can be said that he's maybe the third best player in Red Bull's history behind Bradley Wright Phillips, formerly of LAFC, and Luis Robles, their longtime keeper. I'm, I'm, I'm sorry, you're going you're gonna to put him above Thierry Henry? I, in terms of their contributions to Red Bulls? Sure. I don't mm. think Henry did as much for as long. Henry is the biggest name almost ever in Major League Soccer history. But, uh, yeah, I, think, I don't know. We, this, this isn't a Red Bulls podcast. Uh, he had an outstanding career so far in MLS. First seven seasons with the Red Bulls. All-Star 2018. All-Star last year in 2022. 2018 MLS Defender of mm-hmm. the Year. We seem to bring in a lot of MLS Defenders of the Year. Walker Zimmerman won the award twice. Laurent Simon won it the year before we brought him in. Aaron Long wins it now. An incredible list of Defenders of the Year. Maybe that's why the Defenders of the Bank podcast is so loved, because our Defenders of the Bank are actually pretty yeah. damn good. yeah. And he helped yep. the Red Bulls to a supporter shield yep. in 2018. He's been with the UN's best national team pool for go- going on almost eight years, seven years now. Uh, though he was an unused sub in all four matches in Qatar, he has contributed consistently to the U.S. men's national team, starting eight matches for the U.S. men's national team in 2022, capping 29 times total. But here's the three other, goals to assists. Here's the other big thing I think that people aren't talking about. He ruptured his Achilles in May of 2021. Yeah. And a lot of people who have had that injury say it takes between 18 and 24 months. 18 and 24 months. Now, they don't have the kind of rehab facilities and the medical care that Aaron Long probably does. But 18 to 24 months to get over that injury or to feel as normal as possible. We are smack in the middle of that window right now. We could be getting an Aaron Long that is the healthiest that he has been in over two years, and maybe getting back to that form of 2018. And more importantly than that, he's coming home. Yeah. So in terms of like what that does to a person's psyche, that's huge. That is the uh, the most undervalued concept of the whole thing. He's coming home. He's going to get to play consistently in front of family and friends that yeah. he grew up with. And I don't understand why he's so polarized. We had messages on our, our on our on our DMs about people not being happy that he's here. Right. He is a solid. MLS defender. I get it. He's not Virgil van Dyke, but we're also not Liverpool. What? I'm sorry. We're just, we're, we're not. What? Uh, with salary caps and, and Gam and Tam and Monopoly money, we are not those clubs. <laughs> so this is a really good acquisition. And quite honestly, don't be surprised 
if you see him starting at center back alongside Jesus David Murillo against the Galaxy in Pasadena or against Portland at home, Bank of California Stadium, where we have our home opener. This is a solid pickup, a surprising pickup, and for the time being, I'm relatively pleased with what we've acquired here in terms of this asset. Again, he comes home a 2018 Defender of the Year, and we have had success with Defenders of the Year in Major League Soccer. So until proven otherwise, I'm looking very much forward to seeing this. I get the argument that getting Mamadou Fall would be a bit better than than getting uh, Aaron Long, but... From a financial perspective, Mamadou Fall would be far more valuable to us if we get to sell say. him for a great deal <laughs> getting, of money to a team in La Liga. Getting $15 million from Mamadou Fall would also be pretty damn nice. I will too. take that and bring in Aaron Long yeah. easily. Let's talk about Daniel Maldonado. Another uh, Joining Long on the back line will be Daniel Maldonado. The Honduran international was acquired on loan from Honduran powerhouse City Motagua for the 2023 season. And LAFC does have the option to exercise... <laughs> it just sounded funny. When you when you said that really quickly, you made it sound like Motagua's City. City <laughs> <CD> Motagua. <laughs> Club Deportivo. Club Deportivo Motagua uh, for the 2023 season with LAFC also having the option to exercise a permanent transfer, which we need people on the back line. LAFC, exercise that permanent transfer. Just 24 years old, Daniil is relatively young to have as much experience as he does. He made well over 100 appearances with Motagua including earning CONCACAF Champions League experience on two separate occasions. I think he was 21, his first, or maybe even 20 years old, his first Champions League appearance, which is pretty great. He's also played in both the Chilean First Division and in Liga Emekis during a very short stint with Pachuca, one of Dave Denholm's favorite clubs in Liga Emekis. And he's also been a relative mainstay on the Honduran national team, capping 24 times for Los Catrachos, including eight starts in the most recent World Cup qualifying. And Philly, he gets to tell his grandkids he was the captain for the Honduran national team in the Olympics. They're not it's awesome. They're going to ask how he did, and he's going to have to tell them they lost 6 nothing to South Korea. But not awesome. Either way, he was the captain for Honduras and Super Olympics. awesome. That's pretty cool. Philly, you and I have not been the captain of anything in the Olympics other than maybe a drinking team once or twice. Mm, and that wasn't even in the Olympics, even though it might have been that competitive in our own heads. <laughs> <laughs> so look, I, I'm I'm liking Daniel Maldonado. I want to see how he does. We, uh, we've had a, a decent run. We, we haven't had a good run with Hondurans, actually. Buba Lopez barely did anything. Andy Nahar got uh, hurt coming onto the pitch. Those are our two Hondurans. Buba. Third time's a charm, Scarf. There you go. Third see? time's a charm. So you're Manifest destiny, baby. Chance. I love you, glass half full, Philly. I like this. Actually, it's mostly it's most, it, it, I'm looking at it, it's more glass half <laughs> empty. <laughs> but yeah, Daniel Maldonado, another defender of the bank. I like it. I like it too. All right. Uh, at, they don't call you the best color man of the <laughs> Look, look you, you pretty much took all the words right out of my mouth. Oh, I'm, I'm not going to say I, I follow the Honduran League very closely. I I'm very, I'm more familiar with Motagua because of the CONCACAF Champions League. Right? But hey, look, you, we bolster our defenders. That's a good thing. I don't envision him as a full-time starter, though. I don't envision no. him starting above Aaron Long or Jesus David Murillo. No. Unless Murray gets a call to go somewhere else. But this is this is a depth piece, but he in also, my opinion. You're absolutely right, but he also can't. Can play from what I understand 
uh, outside back just which a little we bit. certainly might need help with which would be great what's the other oh we're so st- i'm so dumb i can't remember this at least you said it what's, <laughs> what's the other rival it's always motagua and what's the other team what's Olim- the other Olympi- club olympia and motagua yeah. thank you olympia and hey motagua. philly knows stuff philly with philly the, does uh, know stuff Philly with the dunk i like that thank you sir uh look at center back sebastian Ibiaga. Now with Dallas. Mamadou Fall still in Spain with Villarreal. Eddie Segura. By the way, Eddie Segura had another knee procedure from what we understand. I, I, where, where This this is interesting. I didn't come across this. Like, where did you find that out? It was in a uh, press conference call that John Thorrington mentioned, I believe, that Eddie Segura had another uh, another knee procedure. It won't Gee, be I must 100% have missed that one. To start the season. Giorgio Chiellini, we know his health was iffy at best, but he's very good at volleyball. Uh, iffy at hmm. best through he's large also your age of last season. As of now, that means the likely center back pairing to start the season, assuming we are still playing with four in the back, would be Murillo. Let's talk. Can we just one second? Jesus David Murillo. What a season last year. Kid caps it off by scoring in the MLS Cup final. An all-star. I mean, scored in the all-star. Scored in the all-star game too. Yeah. All he does is well, show the up, one in L.A. It, yeah. Uh, all he does is show up in massive situations. So absolutely loving Moody, although he's still a yellow card waiting to happen every single time. Uh, and Aaron Long. So it's going to be Murillo and Aaron Long with Chiellini, Maldonado, and then here's who we have behind Chiellini and Maldonado, guys. We have Mohamed Traore, the 20 year old. He's still only 20. Damn it who capped just once for LAFC all the way back in 2020. So this will be four seasons ago by the time we kick off 2023. And the player I have wanted to see for the last four years, Tony Leone, the only one of the three original homegrowns signed back in July of 2020, who has yet to appear in a competitive match for LAFC. That's it, Philly at center back. So we're talking about Murillo, Long, Chiellini, and Maldonado backing us up at center back. Chiellini, not super healthy. Segura, not ready. Fall, still in Spain. Leone, apparently they don't think he's ready or didn't think he was ready yet. A little bit of nervous time, but let's also talk about outside back. We got Hollingshead and Cheeky, but Cheeky Palacios might be going somewhere. We've heard that. And after that, it's just the pelvis himself, Julian Gaines, and <laughs> and Daniil Maldonado apparently can play a little bit on the outside too. That's it in terms of defenders of the bank right now. And we got a keeper hurt. We got rumors about a keeper Holy crap! Our backline is thin. Yep, and we have. But here's the deal: like, they were, it's it's January seventh. It's January seventh. Do I we know. have do we have question marks and holes in our lineup? Yes. Yeah, but the season isn't even here yet. Forty nine so. days till we play at the Rose Bowl. There's so much that could be accomplished in three hours, let alone 49 days. So three hours is what I'm thinking this podcast is going to be with the amount of time we've spent rambling with y'all. But there's so much time. The story has yet to unfold. And so I know people get uppity about certain things here and there. Why are you grabbing this guy? How come we aren't focusing on this? How come we're not doing that? Chill your pickle. (laughs) It's January 7th, folks. The story hasn't even unfolded yet. You are reading the um, <coughs> the shout-outs at the beginning of a book. Um, I'm what coughing. just happened right now? You good? <coughs> yeah. Uh, you got, you got, parched. You got parched. Well, it. remember how you were saying I was more glass Pickle. half empty than no, glass half full? You were more, I said your glass was literally half yeah. empty, but you have been the glass half full guy. I always get excited when we bring a player over from Eastern Europe because Philly goes down the rabbit hole. On a lot of these guys. Wait, when we brought a player from Eastern not, Europe? Not Eastern Europe. We will bring a player over from Europe in general. How's that? And uh, LAFC adding... Mm, the last player that we brought over from Europe? Uh, Jamal Blackman? 
Jamal, yeah, Jamal Blackman. There we go. Yeah. You you went on like a whole thing about the lower tiers of English football and everything else when we did that. Yeah, yeah I did. Uh, this is exciting for me because LAFC adding Stipe Buk, uh, another talented young player in the full. He's 20 years old. Croatian Stipe Buk from Croatia. By the way, Zagreb on my bucket list of cities I need to go to. And Philly, I found out you had never been in Croatia either. We got to go, dude. We got to go to Zagreb. We got to go see Croatia. I've, I've traveled a lot, but keep you in have, mind. That's and why I, and it surprised me. I mentioned this to you during our pre-production meeting, or our production meeting, rather. Yes. When I was living in Europe at the time, it was the 90s, and yeah, Croatia was the last Croatia. place no. you would have wanted yeah. to be in terms of Europe because of no, the uh, the ongoing civil war on the breakup of former Yugoslavia. Why, uh, why don't you tell us about this 20-year-old Croatian international, super high, UEFA.com loves this guy. No, and I, I, I want to talk to you really quickly about where he came from. High Duke Split, from? all right? Split. Most people that follow European football, UEFA Champions League, have no doubt heard about Dinamo Zagreb. Cool. But High Duke Split is a very big club as well. This is a former Yugoslavian team to have never been relegated from the top flight since the foundation of what was once known as Yugoslavia. Now, Croatia. Bosnia-Herzegovina, uh, and so on and so forth. This isn't like a geography lesson. But, I mean, they won nine Yugoslav titles. They won six Croatian League champions. Uh, I mean, this is this is a team that's never been relegated from the top flight. They've managed appearances in three Euro Cups quarterfinals, one UEFA Cup semifinal, and one Cup Winners Cup semifinal. This is a pretty decent and pretty big club. And if there's anything that we know out of Croatia... Croatia produces some pretty darn good football players, and they produce a pretty darn good international team. And this young man at 20 years of age, coming from this team, which, by the way, the likes of who just got inducted into the National Soccer Hall of Fame, Steve Jungle, who was the Lord of Indoors, he also came from High Duke Split. So ah. look up Steve Jungle, Z-U-N-G-U-L. <laughs> say, this is a fascinating story, by the way. This is a guy who like literally defected from Yugoslavia to like come to the United States to play football. It's it's a fascinating awesome. story. It's a fascinating story. And it has nothing to do with my love for indoor soccer, but High Duke oh, Split, Steve Jungle. Soccer. Yeah, I love indoor soccer, but that's the point. Now, this kid, 20 years old, you said it. Uh, he signed a four-year contract that's going to go through 2026 with an option for 27. He's part of that U22 initiative, which, again, encourages people within this country, MLS being in particular, to bring in younger players. Yep. Not to focus on the 30-year-olds that played at high levels. You bring in some of these kids on the fringes, some of these kids up and coming. You get compensated quite nicely for By it. By the way, yes. Diego Rossi, Brian Rodriguez, both part of that U22 initiative. Exactly. So, I mean, he made his debut at 17 years of age. I was using Velcro because I was afraid to tie my shoes yeah. at 17 years of age. He was boots. Exactly. UEFA 2022's 40 for the future. He was a finalist for the Golden Boy Award. And I'm not talking about Floyd Mayweather. I'm talking, wait, no, that uh, De La Hoya was Golden Boy. De La Hoya was Sorry, Golden Sorry, uh, the money team your, was. Your wife likes De La Hoya, not Mayweather. Yeah, that, she actually had a poster of him on her, uh, yep. on, along with Anthony Hardaway for Still that matter. Still likes them more than you. That sucks for me. <laughs> so well, no, it doesn't suck for me because, well, she's pretty and I'm married to her and I've had... She's going to leave had, for Giroux anyway. It's fine. Oh, this sucks. But anyway, look, the guy who ended up winning the Golden Boy Award, who uh, <laughs> Buick was nomination for, was uh, was Barcelona's Gavi. Yeah, he's So that's got to tell you something. Right. 52 appearances. He's made 43 starts, five goals, two assists, and he's played for Croatia at all youth levels internationally. Yep. Now, this is us doing a deep dive, yep. obviously, on him. I can't say that I've seen more than some of the highlights that have been produced by LAFC. 
and what's on YouTube. But the fact that we got a young man who was so highly sought after by clubs such as Borussia Mönchengladbach, Manchester City, that's got to tell you something. He's a forward. Do I envision him starting over Buwanga, Vela, or Chicho? No. How about Gareth Bale? No, well, that depends on whether or not Gareth Bale comes back here. How about, um, how about Mahala? No, I wouldn't start Buick over Mahala either. What if we're able to... Well, sorry, is it possible? Let me ask you, Philly. I'm putting you on the spot right now. Is it possible we're bringing him in instead of Christian Teo coming back? <sighs> we're pretty... We're pretty... We've talked about our, our defender situation. We talked about our midfield situation. I think if there's anything that we are crowded on is our forward For sure. situation. Agreed. So I, I don't know. That's a good question. We're still in talks with a guy like Teo. Right. I would play Christian Teo over over Buick uh, to start. I think this kid still has to like work his way into the lineup and earn the trust and respect of the team and the staff. But he's certainly one of those guys that we can take, develop, and sell for a great deal of money down the road. I yeah. mean, he's the the equivalent of bringing in like a Diego Rossi or sure. a Brian Rodriguez. Sure. But the, the Eastern European version let's, of let's that. Let's hope it goes the Rossi way and not the Brian Rodriguez way. Speaking of bringing in young guys, Philly, it's time to talk about the 2023 MLS Super Draft. And you know what? We've been waiting two years to talk about the MLS Super Draft because in 2022, Philly, we picked as many players in the Super Draft as LAFC did, which would be zero. So happy to have a couple of guys that we can talk about. The MLS Super Draft held 20, 20, 20, December 21st, 2022. And with the 58th pick overall, the Los Angeles Football Club selects goalkeeper Yasim Kolelot, a 23-year-old from Dubai by way of the University of New Hampshire. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, th- th- sometimes the travels that footballers take just blo- just blows my mind. Dubai, but, New Hampshire. Look, New Hampshire's nice. Sure. I-, I think there is it. It's either them or Vermont that have the license plate that say "Live Free or Die." Live Free or Die is, uh, I believe, it's Vermont. But now I'm going to Google this. Uh, you might need go. to Google it. But going from Dubai, well, maybe it to is New-, New Hampshire. Shh, no, it might even be Vermont. I forget. Okay. I haven't been in New England. In a very long time. But either way, going from Dubai to New Hampshire is a massive culture Philly shock. Philly with the win. This is two for Philly. Mark them down. Live free or die. I mean, I hope I get that. I'm Hampshire. from that part of the world, you New, know. But I, I'm, I'm a license plate nerd, by the way. Uh, New Hampshire. What's live, Indiana? It, uh, the show me state. No, that's Missouri. <laughs> I know. I don't remember what Indiana is. The crossroads of America. You know why? <laughs> that's it. That's an inferior. Everybody flies. Up. That's an inferiority complex <laughs> model. It's like get through us to get to somewhere cooler, right? Oh man, New Hampshire, live free or die. Well done, Philly. That's two for you, my friend. Look, I'm what well traveled. If there's anything, I am well traveled. What did I That's, pour? Ice in your glass for some was. of this Elijah. Craig. Uh, the Green Mountain State would be Vermont, by the way. That's what's on their license plate. The Green Mountain State. They have that green license plate anyway. So, Philly... It's also a green state. How, how many Shout people... Shout out 42 Originals. Look, I, I know that Dubai has several uh, thousands of educated people in their beautiful city, uh, or in their, I should say, yeah, in their beautiful city. How many of them you think go, you know what? You know how I'm going to make it in this world? I'm going to go through New Hampshire. I feel like it's Wayne's World, Delaware. Really? I would rather be in New Hampshire than Del- Delaware. For sure. Uh, second best goals against average in the nation for the 2022 NCAA season for the New Hampshire. I don't even know what they're called. I didn't even look it up. I apologize, you guys. University of New Hampshire. We know you guys are big fans of the podcast. I will do better next time. But, man, getting a keeper from Dubai 
by way of the University of New Hampshire. There you go. Uh, Philly, our second draft pick overall. It's very, 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 very tall. Six foot four, six. if I'm not mistaken. Six foot six. Yeah, absolutely. huge. I mean, yeah, absolutely. Mr. Dolenmeyer, 23 years of age, a native of Thousand Oaks, California. He, um, interestingly enough, only three appearances and registered one right, assist right? for Cal State University San Bernardino in 2022. I called him Mr. His first name is actually Noah. Noah. Uh, I mean, he played for Cal State Fullerton in 21, had 12 starts, 16 appearances, registered a goal. Yeah, which <laughs> with, is, I mean, he's 6'6". Get up there and get the header on the ball, dude. Come on. Yeah, but prior to that, he had a couple of years at Oxnard, uh, and he helped Oxnard secure a 2018-2019 conference championship. So yeah. if there's anything we know with Maxime Cripeau being being, uh, being hurt and rehabbing his way into the lineup, that might be a pretty good pick, but I don't foresee him you, you, starting you, over John McCarthy. You mean Kalela? What? Kalela? He's the keeper? Oh my God, yes, I mistook him. He's a defender. Yeah. I, I do Dolan apologize. Meyer, six, yeah, six. We, I, I think, look, what I'm looking forward to, Philly, what we were missing... Oh, Mama, geez, yeah, my, my head was in a different direction. What, yes, uh, Dolemeyer is a defender. What we were missing with Mamadou Fall when he left the lineup is that aerial threat. Due to 6-6, six, six, we saw what Jack Elliott did to us in MLS Cup. I'm not saying this guy is the second coming of Jack Elliott, but 6-6 six, six defender, Philly, Thousand Oaks native. He's coming home as well. 87th overall pick in the draft, I think a player that could actually make the roster for LAFC, along with, by the way, right now, Yasim Kalelat. I don't nope. know what you think. I, uh, we, I, I mean, I'm, I'm tr- just trying to conceptualize this. I mean, he would turn out to be arguably one of our tallest defenders. I mean, yes. Dayan Yakovic. He would be our tallest defender. Dayan Yakovic, I would say up to this point, him and Walker Zimmerman are tallest ones. But I mean, six well, foot. F- Mamadou was pretty tall too. Right? I don't know if he was six foot four though, but either way, tall imposing force. He's still six six though, by the way. Who? Uh, Dolenmeyer. I thought he was 6'4". Nope, 6'6". Well, okay, fine. Then, Without a doubt, our tallest defender. But I I, I don't know how his game is going to translate because, quite honestly, we haven't had that many draft picks that have translated exceptionally well on LAFC. But either way, it's going to be interesting to see this young man develop. We obviously have MLS next. That's going to be a thing. And, oh, by the way, we might have some small part to play in some of the stuff that goes on with an LAFC, too. More on that later. But, yeah, let's see. He's a local product, obviously, out of, of, what, San Bernardino's the IE. Yeah. So we'll, we'll see what happens there. I don't have the highest of hopes for our draft picks. And it's not to say because they don't pick talented players, but it goes to say that our team is rather stacked in a lot of positions, but this could be good in terms of it being a developmental uh, product. Yeah. Look, I'm looking forward to both of these guys, at least getting in there during practice. Practice started what yesterday or the day before uh, their first time uh, back at the practice. Yeah. Facility. We saw, we saw uh, some good video. We saw Aaron long, which by the way, I didn't right? recognize him without his uh, last of the Mohicans haircut. <laughs> right. Which I think I'm rocking right now. First honestly. match comes up in 49 days, 49 days till the first match of the season, of course, at the Rose bowl against Carson back at their home turf for the first several years of their existence. Philly, you said you didn't have a lot of faith in our draft picks. And you know what? To be honest, not many of LAFC's now 16, if you count these last two guys' draft picks, have really made an impact. Let's take a quick look back over the first five years, now six of LAFC MLS's Super Draft. Yeah, picks. absolutely. And just from a historical perspective, because obviously we are here to entertain, inform, and educate. So if we go back to 2018, and you uh, you honestly educated me on the other two draft picks you, that we had in 2018. These yeah. are names that did not feature, nor did <laughs> these players play, but I will let Scarf 
take you through one half of the 2018 yeah. draft. And honestly, the earlier we were within our franchise's history, that's uh, where the success did come in terms of our selections. So within our 2018 season, our first two picks, we obviously had the number one pick as a result of us being an expansion franchise. 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 That and Joao Matinho. Joao Matinho was our number one pick coming out of the University of Akron. Go Zips. Believe it or not, a very successful college program there. And out of the University of the Pacific, we had Tristan Blackman, who I will say right now, I doubt you're going to disagree with me, our best college draft pick ever. Yeah, Tristan Blackman, not even close. Absolutely. And then we had two more draft picks in 2018 that most of the millions millions. would not even know about. (laughs) So, Scarf, why don't you walk us through the other two draft picks from 2018? Look, here's the interesting thing about Paul Calvet Planellis, a guy who played (laughs) at Barcelona Bay uh, early on in uh, in his professional career. We drafted him. And then he retired. He was like, all right, I'm, I'm good, guys. <laughs> Screw you Thank guys, you. I'm going home. Uh, he was selected with the 24th pick of the second round of the 2018 MLS Super Draft. He was never offered a contract by the club. And in November of that year said, bye-bye. Uh, retired from football at the age of 24. Oh, so, it's like Aaron Kovar. Yeah, Paul Calvet. Except he didn't uh, go to MIT. Uh, born in San Cugat, Spain. Midfielder, about 5'10 midfielder, who uh, who decided he was just good. He was like, eh, you know, I'm, I'm all right. Uh, later on in that Super Draft, 47th overall pick would be Jordan Jones, who actually played a handful of games with Rio Grande Valley FC. And then FC Tuxen. He did not, unfortunately, uh, play with one of our favorite keepers who you have a, a jersey of, Philly. Who is that keeper that you have a kid of that nobody Number does? 40, Philip Edgemato. That's right. He never played with Philip Edgemato at FC Tuxen, but after 2019, he also retired from professional soccer. So he had Paul Calvet and Jordan Jones rounding out our 2018 picks. Philly, 2019, a fun year for LAFC. 2019, a pretty decent year in terms of LAFC players that were chosen in the yeah. draft that got some burn. We got Peter Lee Vassell, or Vassell, however you want to pronounce it. Some sure. people went Vassell, some people went Vassell. He now plays for Hartford in the USL. He does. Javi Perez, who unfortunately was plagued by knee injuries throughout the, the course of his... The Defenders of the Bank interview curse. Se- no, no, don't. that's not a thing. Don't say that. He was our second interview, and shortly after that, he did tear his ACL for, for what, I believe, the third, third time. time? He, he's now an agent in Spain, though. Yeah, he's apparently doing who's, well. Who's making way more money doing that than he would as an MLS player. And then Kevin Mendoza, oh. who had a really, really exciting thing. He scored. Scored the last goal in our 4-1 victory against Vissel Kobe. <laughs> Played against David Villa yeah. and Andres. Well, I don't think if he was on the field with those guys anymore. David you're, Villa. you're looking at their photos up right? in the walls of Philomonster Studios. Andres Iniesta, Lucas Podolski, and Kevin Mendoza scores the final goal. And then literally, what, an hour later or whatever, LAFC announced on Twitter or whatever, they cut him. So, uh, and that was, I want to say, and I could be wrong, I have to go back and look, Kevin Mendoza might have been the first scarf draft picked in the history of LAFC, meaning he was the 83rd overall pick. But I could be wrong. I know we've had one. Uh, 2020, Philly, it's safe to say, not a banner year for LAFC's no, draft class. No, Paulo Pita, a keeper, he did not last at all. Jack Callahan, who actually had some kind of a run. He played a little burn in preseason. Yeah, we saw a little bit of Jack Callahan, University of Michigan Wolverine product. Yeah. We had Jorge Gonzalez. And then Eunice Bodoudi in the in the fourth round. Yeah. So I would say the most successful pick from that draft, without a doubt, Hallahan. Yeah, because he actually played in the preseason with us. Correct, and, but and that's, that's about it. it. Look, 2021, a year that will go down in Scarf history as me correctly identifying who LAFC would take in the first round of one Danny Trejo. But another player who I would have never thought might have actually graced the roster, let alone got playing time for LAFC in 2021, Philly. 
Danny Trejo. No, the other one. Alvaro Quezada. Oh, yeah. He was, was, he was a California product. That's right. I was right. shocked. But Danny Trejo played three games. Danny Trejo played three games. Alvaro Quezada got into one match for LAFC as well. We had a third pick. Where did CC? I don't know. Some small town college, CC Uche? Ohio from? State. Oh, did he go from Ohio State? I thought he came from Indiana. No, 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 no. Oh, no, my no, bad. no. CC Uche played at Ohio That's State. That's right. CC, we know you're a big fan of the pod. My fault, man. CC. The, uh, the only time I actually saw CC Uche was when we went to play the Galaxy in Carson. I sat. Pretty close to him in oh, the uh, family and friends Never section. mind. I remember what the connection is to one Christian Philly Philemon. Other than playing, by the way, 26 games for Las Vegas Lights. Philly, where is C.C. Uche born? I don't know. Queens. C.C. Oh. Uche is a Queens product, man. Yeah, yeah, that's right. I, I was like, that's, that's, I've, I've factored him into to right, Indiana. But no, it was, he currently plays for Minnesota United 2 of MLS yeah, all right, USL. Next. Oh, oh, they went MLS next. Yeah, okay, possibly cool. more uh, sightings of CC Uche for us. We are going to have so much MLS next I'm, stuff I'm really to talk about on this podcast. I'm really hoping we yeah, do. Yeah, I, I hope so too. Fingers crossed. Right? We've, we've got look. There's a lot of there's a lot of really good things and surprises that are going to be coming out of the defenders camp, and a lot of upgrades in terms of what we're going to be doing. So stay tuned to that. Philly, can we go back to our sponsor, our initial sponsor for Defenders of the Bank? The as crickets. We talk, yeah, as we talk to our about our 2022 selections. Hey, I thought we were done with them. I thought we were given a moment of silence because we'd never hear them again. But yet again, they make their voices heard because in 2022, we had zero draft picks. Yeah. All right. So that being the case, your top four draft picks in order of importance All for right. LAFC. Top four draft you know, picks You know, screw that. Three. We'll make it quicker. I, mean, I can do four. That's fine. We got Tristan Blackman, number one, because, you know, he played for us a whole bunch. Number two, can we just talk about, he just signed with Spezia, for God's sakes. Come on. Joao Moutinho, yep. our first ever number one overall yep. draft pick in history. He's now with Spezia. That's my number two. Number three has got to be Danny Trejo because oh, no. I, I predicted we draft. You asked who mine were. Okay. Listen, I'm just not disagreeing with you as and you're then, going along. And then number four, the reason why he's number four is because he's a friend of the podcast, Javi Perez, even though we probably are responsible for him tearing his ACL for the third we time. We are not responsible for him tearing his he ACL. We didn't kick him. We didn't trip him. We didn't ACL. push him. He had ACL issues when he was playing college ball for the University of Pittsburgh Panthers. So you obviously right. have a different top four because you're talking about LAFC statistical importance. All right, yeah, exactly. So I'm going to, I mean, I would agree with kind you. Tristan Blackman, our most important yeah. and most prolific draft pick out of the University <laughs> of the Pacific, now a member of the Vancouver Whitecaps. Right. We have Joao Matinho, who you just sure. mentioned, signed with Spezia. Uh, I'm sorry, what league? Spezia from Serie A. Oh, oh, the Paisan returns. Hey. The Paisan in the room. Uh, my number three, Peter Levasel, because sure. he featured in some it. games. Yeah. And of course, yeah. your draft pick prediction from the last draft um, was Two Danny Trejo. Ago. Two drafts ago. Two yeah. drafts ago. Yeah. Danny Trejo. Yeah, Danny Trejo got into a couple matches. Look, uh, Alvaro Quezada, uh, I was shocked. We well, could call him run. number five. I mean, yeah, for sure. Javi Perez playing as well. Look, we've only had what? One, two, three, four, five, six draft picks of our 16. Obviously, these first, uh, these last two make it kind of hard. Six draft picks. Hallahan would be six. Of our first 14 ever even, four draft picks, six draft picks. Yep, there we go. Six ever even play for us. So it's hard. It's hard to break in. Not everybody's going to be. I think Daryl DK was drafted in the MLS Super Draft, several mm. others. So. It, very rarely are you going to get a super gem like that. But look, from being drafted from the University of Akron, if I remember correctly, Go Zips. to playing for Spezia in Serie A, John Moutinho, that's pretty cool. Just want to throw a couple things out, Philly. Tyler Miller signing with DC United. Uh, Betashore back with Colorado. Colorado. Marco Farfan extending his run in FC Dallas. Daniil Henry, 
with Minnesota United. So just keep, I mean, are we gonna are we gonna keep going Ismail Tajiri Strati yeah, with Ammonia and Cyprus? That's a big uh, one. Uh, we talked about Seba Mendes rumored going to Sao Paulo FC. Right, right. And while it is a rumor, the fact that he was on a plane ride going to Brazil sure. two days ago sure. that he posted on his own Instagram is a good indicator of that. Yeah. And of course, uh, one mention the uh, the very first goal scorer in the hit, uh, to open up Bank of California Stadium, Laurent Simon, getting a job working in the back office, the technical staff with C Club de Foot, the Foot Clan, Montreal. Yeah. yeah, look, it's a trip, right? When he signed with Toronto FC, everybody in Montreal was like, "Burn him to the ground." No, That's I would it. say no the more. same thing too. If no, anybody I'm, from LAFC I'm went to the you. Galaxy, and then a couple of years later, he. Comes Goes right back into the fold of Club de Foot, the Foot Clan in Montreal. So, congrats to Laurent Simon and and Philly. There are uh, was there there was another one. Nah, there was another one that I was going to talk about. Never mind. Let's talk about it real quick. Let's rumors? Get, let, well, I mean, we can talk about rumors if you want. I was going to talk about LAFC schedule. Forty nine okay. days. All right, let's do that. Forty nine days, Philly, until the start of the season. But first. If you guys have ever been out to Coachella, I have never been able to go to Coachella to the music festival out there. But we're going to get to go out to a soccer festival Are for the we? first time. They're finally. Are I'm we? going. I'm going. All right. I'm going to explain why you shouldn't go momentarily. I'm going. I have tickets. But you uh, did that really? I did that. Oh. Going to Coachella. Uh, Coachella, Philly, uh, will you please break down our Coachella schedule? The What is it called again? The Coachella Valley Invitational? Coachella Valley Invitational. So this is a, I thought it was a pretty cool thing. So I'll just acknowledge something real quick. We are in world famous Filler Monster Studios. We are at halftime of the Empire Strikers Baltimore Blast game, which I know you have to get back to in just a few minutes. But standing over my right shoulder is none other than not just a friend of the podcast, not just a co-host on occasion, and obviously special guest of the podcast, but the the play by the color man to your play by play, the good doctor himself, one Jonathan Reimer, standing over my shoulder, all six. How tall are you, sir? Six feet four inches tall, and I would never give AEG my money and go to Coachella. Okay, so that's exactly <laughs> what I wanted to build upon. Not I, I so much why you were touching as, my feet earlier I, on. I felt it as soon as I said it that he was. All all, right. There was the disapproval coming yeah, from right. both sides of the room. All right, and I'll tell you why. So first and foremost, the Coachella Valley Invitational is, from a conceptual standpoint, is a very cool idea. It is. LAFC is one of 12 teams that are going to participate, obviously with the LA Galaxy because of that AEG scenario. Yes. You said Carson wrong. All right, yeah, for, you're right. Charlotte FC, DC United, Minnesota United, NYCFC, the New Jersey Energy Drinks, the Portland Timbers, the San Jose Earthquakes, St. Louis SC, Toronto FC, and the Vancouver Whitecaps. So some pretty cool teams, and obviously a very brand new team, and that is St. Louis. We get to see Christian Fuchs's coaching debut. Uh, and the AEGs get to help make up the million dollars they lost in fines. Okay, so I'm going to get into that momentarily. So here's the deal. The games are going to take place between January 29th yes. and February 18th. That's this month. Yeah. During this time period, yeah. LAFC is going to be playing three times. Three? And I'm going to give you the schedule real quickly, all right? All right. So we're looking at February 6th yeah. at 2 p.m. By the way, that's a Monday. Yeah. LAFC is going to be taking on the Fighting Wayne Roonies at DC United. Uh, that's really cool if you can make it out to Coachella and watch a game at 2 p.m. on a Monday. Lord knows you're more successful than I am. Moving right along to the second game, which I think is kind of cool. Uh, we are playing. Uh, you can do it. Uh, we are playing. Well, we are playing Toronto FC on February 11th at 11 a.m. Uh, uh, that's a Saturday. That's more reasonable. And then we are playing, I believe, St. Louis uh, during that time period as well. Now, let me tell you something. So we're going to be playing three times in between the 29th of January and February what's, what's 18th. What's the date for the second and third games again? I'm trying All right, so to... we got February 6th, 
Uh, I think I have February 8th. Interesting. Maybe I don't. I see St. Louis versus LA Galaxy. Maybe that's it's not the us. One. Yeah, we only have two games. I only okay. have the six okay. and the 11. Okay. Oh, that's right. This was my, my game of interest. I'm sorry. So we're playing Toronto FC on February 11th at 11 a.m., which right. is the more feasible one. Now, here's the story about that. In the past, we might get some like really cheap access to watch a preseason match at Bank of California Stadium. And that's where you and I really got to learn about the legend that is Matt Turner when the sure. Revolution were in town a couple of years ago. It was great. When I went to go purchase, tickets all of a sudden the axs app popped up on my phone and i realized oh no this is an aeg sponsored event and sure enough it was now folks ticket prices to attend these games at the coachella valley invitational range between 45 dollars and 300 bucks 45 dollars and 300 bucks to see a scrimmage match i am sorry to say i echo the words of Jonathan Reimer, I do not, by any sense of the word, support AEG on this. Why? Because they are the parent company of the Galaxy, number one. Number two, $45 to $300 for the range to watch a scrimmage. You got to be out of your mind, considering that we're going to have a CONCACAF Champions League game, considering the fact that we're going to have a couple of U.S. Open Cup games, considering the fact that we're going to have League's Cup showcase games against teams from Liga Amekis. Screw you, Galaxy, and your crap prices. 45 to 300, no thank you. I love my club, but I do not want to give you a single dime or nickel from whatever bleeding pocket that I have currently. All right, let's back up for a minute. While I don't disagree with the sentiment, you have to remember, I am the one in the room that is a diehard Los Angeles Lakers fan. I have already given AEG a lot of my money. Number one, Kobe is my guy. Number two, when you buy a ticket... It's actually a day pass. It's not for one game. It's for all the games that are happening that all day. All two. So I can I sit. I get to pay for practice. I can sit in a bleacher or, as the ticket says, I can bring a lawn chair. That's right. Oh, my God. $300 to have a lawn chair? No, I bought two tickets for Screw each. you, Philip Anschutz. Hold on. I bought two tickets at $45 each, general admission, for each of the days. And I get to spend all day out in the beautiful... Coachella Valley. Yeah, plus money in for gas, February, plus money for lo- for lodging. I'm just saying, if LAFC is playing, I'm gonna be there. I love that. I love that. I get but it. But not for forty five for forty five dollars. Eh, for three hundred dollars, I better be able. Absolutely not. For, for three hundred dollars, I better be sitting on Steve Chirondolo's no, no, no. lap if I'm that's pl- what I'm paying I'm for a freaking practice in game. the second half. For oh, that, that, yes, that, that's even better. I'll add another fifty dollars and I'll and I'll start the game. <laughs> but I'm with you. That look, I don't want to give my money to AG. But if LAFC is playing, I'm giving my money to Rose Bowl tickets. I'm giving my money to Dignity Health Sports Park okay. to go see but, him but later on. But that's a regular season, season game. I, is, that's a different animal. Is LAFC playing? Are we not the, as we call ourselves, most LAFC podcast? Would you pay three hundred dollars to play to go to the performance to center? Play? Absolutely. Am I, I would no. Oh. I would pay three hundred dollars to watch them practice and play somebody at the performance center. Would I go all the way to Coachella to spend as much money on yes. gas and lodging to pay Philip Anschutz more money? Absolutely not. I will watch from your Instagram feeds. That is how I feel about this. I was a fan and excited about the opportunity You're and the idea on of this. Saturday? No. Boo. No. 
Boo. Absolutely not. Would it be cool to see Bob? Sure. Would I sneak in $45 for that? Look, it's not $45, folks. If you live right. in LA, Coachella is going to be, at the very least, a gas payment. And while gas has come down a little bit, it's not $45 a ticket. It's if you're a family of four. Scarf, you're a math teacher. Yes. Let's just assume you got a family of four. What's 45 times four? That's $180, uh, sir. Okay, so. And by the way, $18.50 convenience fee for buying it. Which means a, a leaf of lettuce as per AEG and maybe a sip of Dr. Pepper. Right. Screw Philip Anschutz and AEG. I'm sorry to say that. I love that, but my money will not be going to AEG. You know what? I'm going to hang out with Tomas Romero when I'm there. There you go. Well, well, that's fair. You might be be, right next to him. I mean, you better be for the cost (laughs) of admission. He might play. I don't know. Okay. So So that's the story there. Let's talk about the schedule. No, I'm not happy. Let's talk about the schedule. Why do you keep putting your foot on my chair? I don't want to touch your Why do you keep putting? No, but but you've been rubbing on my foot. You know we record together. I'm talking with my hands, especially when I'm having But you're bobbity booping on my my metatarsal. That's by the way, that's a family guy reference for all of you trying to cancel (laughs) Philly right now. Don't worry. It was really funny. We're good. Uh, Rose Bowl, just 49 days from now they haven't released their preseason schedule no. other than the Coachella Valley Invitational so 49 days from now we get Carson at the Rose Bowl the rumors are still by the way that we will get Carson next year at the Coliseum instead of maybe SoFi they're talking about some different things we don't know yet but that being said Philly our home opener is when March the 4th against the Portland Timbers so there's going to be a couple of dates that I'm going to want to highlight yeah. within our schedule I March the 4th too. against Portland Awesome. March the 9th, CONCACAF Champions League against Alajuelense. Oh, I, I did that right. Alajuelense, yeah, very yeah. good. That's But that's not at the bank. <clears throat> no, but that's part of our schedule. That's, that's going to be in Costa Rica. Baby. We're, we're going to be seeing them at home on March the 15th. On March the 12th, we're going to welcome back Latif as a member of the Rev. I'm going to cry. On Yeah, same here. On April the 16th, one day after you're done paying your taxes, we have, <laughs> uh, we're at the Los, we're at Carson. Yeah, we're, we're that's gonna a be, big one. We're going to be on the road. Uh, April 22nd in Nashville, which is, I love Nashville as a city. As a city, I absolutely love Nashville. You got to go to like little bars like Honky Tonk and, and Tootsie's. Oh, God, I you love Nashville. You guys ready for this? The scarf is officially going to be in Nashville. Oh, all right. I'm going. I'm doing it. It's that. not official unless you're on the stage at, at Tootsie's. All right. Well, Tootsie's, I'm, by I'm, the way, the country music version of CBGB's for all you I'm hardcore punk rock fans out there. I'm going to take a picture at Tootsie's just for you. All right. May 31st, first St. Louis at home. And by the way, we're going to the Midwest on September the 20th. Look, St. Louis is a pretty cool town. A lot of you who haven't been out to the Midwest probably think the Midwest is a POS. Look, it really isn't. I grew up in New York City. I went to college in the Midwest. There's a lot of beauty in the Midwest, and there's a lot of beautiful people. There are a lot of unbelievable breweries, and there's a lot of fun to be had in St. Louis. And during that time period, if you're lucky enough to stick around, you catch a Cardinals game, too. Yeah, I was going to say, Cardinals fans are awesome. I've seen the Mets (laughs) play the Cardinals out at Bush. It's a really cool stadium. I will likely, hopefully, also be in St. Louis for that game. All right. And then we got uh, October the 26th. I'm sorry, August the 26th against Charlotte against the Fighting Al Rates. That's going to be cool. September 2nd against Miami. September 16th against the Galaxy at home. September 23rd at the Philadelphia Union. Screw those onions. And then 10-17 in Austin. Those are my games that I am keeping an eye out for. All right. I got got two more on the schedule just in case. I don't know. Oh, actually, just one more that you didn't mention. Uh, I'm going to be up in San Jose. I think you're going to be All up right, in Levi's, San Jose. All right, Levi's. I'm down to go to the stadium to of the see, jeans. Yeah, they're not playing at PayPal Park. They're playing at Levi's Stadium. And it's going to still be packed by LAFC people. Absolutely. That's the 49ers home field. That is going to be a big field. It's going to be a lot of fun. So make sure you check that out as well. 
look, like I said, I took off my summer camp job so that I could go to a lot of cool away days in the summer, and they didn't plan any cool away days in the summer, so I'm going to try to get to Nashville, I'm going to try to get to Charlotte, I'm going to try to get to St. Louis, and I'm going to try to get to Austin uh, as well as obviously Austin and Nashville, San Jose, right? Order Two of, cities I've never been to. Order of coolness to me: Nashville, without a doubt. Austin, ooh, Nashville, and Austin can really flip. I would do Charlotte, and then St. Louis is number four. Look, don't sleep I, on St. I've, Louis. I've, I've had St. a blast Louis. in St. I, look, Louis. I've been, I've spent time in St. Louis. My dad's business partner, uh, back when he was uh, still doing a couple of businesses out in St. Louis, uh, took me to a couple of different Mets versus Cardinals games. St. Louis, a beautiful city, great people. Uh, but I am excited to go see Al Rate in Charlotte. Yep. That's gonna be That'll a lot be cool. of fun. My gripes, and I mean, we're going to start rounding up this pod because yeah. we got to get back to doing some other things. Yep, yep. Ooh, the Empire finds themselves down 5-1 to one with 10 minutes and 6 seconds left to go in the third quarter. Oof. My only gripe about the schedule, people are talking, ta- I've been talking about how the, the, there are no really cool away days. We already mentioned four pretty cool places. Nashville is incredible. Austin is incredible. Anytime that we get fortunate enough to have those two teams as an away, that's a great away day. And if you don't think so, go... No, I think I'm not going to say anything derogatory towards you. Just go and and, and check it out. Those are two unbelievable cities. And there's a reason why they've been having an economic expansion boom and a real estate boom, because they're a lot of fun, a lot of cool things to do. Unbelievable cities. What what I think the issue that a lot of people have, unfortunately, Philly, is that June, July, August, summer, right? Summer away days. Let me just very, very quickly. Let me go through the summer away days. We have Houston, July 10th. I'm not loving that. Kansas City, July 17th. Look, I love me some good barbecue. Kansas City's but, another fun but town, Houston, but that's always part of the schedule. Houston and Kansas City in July, and excuse me, June. What did I say June? June. June 10th, June 17th. In July, as of right now, zero away days in July. The whole month. We only have three home games because they got the, uh, the League's Cup showcase happening there. In August, zero away days. So we have zero, excuse me, that's wrong. Bank of America Stadium, excuse me, Charlotte is our only away day in August. So we have Charlotte in August, nothing in July, and only Kansas City and Houston in June. If you're a teacher like me, you were hoping if you have the summer off, then you're going to go see some cool stuff. And other than Charlotte, Philly, I'm sorry, I'm not excited about seeing Kansas City or Houston in Kansas City and Houston. No, look, dude, they're still pretty cool cities, but those are going to be on the schedule anyway. Yeah. They're going to be on there anyway because we're in the same division. But you're right. St. Louis we're going to. That's going to be fun. That's going to be cool. I mean, that stadium, have you seen renderings of St. Louis? It's beautiful. I mean, it's it's amazing. Look, it's it's another another one of those things to where, like, you get to cross a brand new beautiful stadium off your MLS to-do list. I support that. The thing that I think sucks is we're not playing any of the New York teams. And based on how the schedule has been kind of going around, it should be our turn to... To go to New York, which for me personally is a gripe because I'm from New York City, I, born and raised in Queens. I would love to go back home, hang out with mom and dad, not pay for any lodging, and watch LAFC play at Yankee Stadium uh, against NYCFC. I'm, I'm pissed that they're not playing New York teams. I'm about to use a phillyism here because Scarf just got, came down with a case of the dumb. I just looked at our July schedule and said we have no away days in July. I'm an idiot. Two of our three games in July are away. I apologize. FC Dallas at Toyota Stadium. Dallas in July? Yeah, I'm good. Thanks. 
But the other one, Philly, I might check out is July 15th at Allianz Field. You mentioned beautiful Minnesota. stadiums. You mentioned beautiful stadiums. To be part of the Wonder Wall, to go see everything that's going on there. Maybe. I, 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 I apologize, guys. I, got, I came down with a case of the dumb. People that are listening are like, Scarf's an idiot. Well, now you can. Uh, Scarf agrees. <laughs> Sorry. So, look, we that's all have our something schedule. in common, Defenders. Uh, just, I can't, we, I can't. we have a couple of things planned for you guys in the off season. still. We are going to do the Latif Blessing Appreciation Pod. We're going to do a whole another uh podcast maybe bringing in a couple of our friends we're gonna do a uh a, an mls cup wrap-up pod we've got some other cool stuff that we want to do but uh this is episode 226 this is our first podcast philly of 2023 we talked about all the different uh roster enhancements and losses and everything else that we did how many minutes have we even recorded we're we're hour and 45 minutes all right that's not bad that's not bad considering there's a lot of stuff to a lot of stuff to talk about we're going to be talking about even more because what we know is that john thorrington and he's not gone yet maybe will Koontz. uh john thorrington has a ton more up his sleeve we know we're going to be seeing some more defenders and midfielders brought in for sure but for now philly episode 226 looks like it is going to be in the books as Philly is already moderating an MASL match, I believe, on... Are you moderating right now? Not yet. You just, all right, I'm just not keeping yet. up. He's keeping up with the Empire Strike. It's still 5-1? Yeah. Still 5-1. But I mean, 5-1 right. and indoor means nothing. We want to nothing. Thank, we want to thank our good friends at Flex once again for sponsoring the most LAFC podcast on earth. If you have not gone over to FlexPowerTools.com to check out everything over at Flex, you need to. What are you doing? You've already finished listening to this pod. Your, your computer might even still be on, so head on over to FlexPowerTools.com. Yeah, don't be, yeah, don't be a fool. Buy a Flex Power Tool. There, there, <laughs> there you go. And uh, Simone, again, thank you for listening if you made it this far. And you know how we like to end each and every one of our podcasts. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.